Welcome to episode 32 of Exploited Cinema. This is the clip show. Clip show. Yeah, it just means fucking all my outtakes, all my fucking skeletons are coming out of the closet. Motherfucking hollering ass kids in the hallway. They getting wild again, huh? I hear that. My booby traps obviously didn't work. What is it like some fucking uh, cereal, like on a mousetrap? Nah, something? man, I got those kneecappers that the fucking growers use in California, like mousetraps or shotgun shells fucking stretched across the hallway. Oh, I thought maybe it was like Rambo-esque uh, catapult uh, tree uh, spear thingies that hit them in the kneecaps and take them off their feet. I thought that's I got those talking. set up in the park, actually. It's... I, I think it'd be kind of fucking conspicuous, like fucking trees and limbs and shit in the hallway of an apartment. I don't know. The kids might see past that. They'd be like, oh, fuck, this guy's not even sneaky anymore. <laughs> you tried Fish. to camouflage it with drywall? Fish line, fucking shotgun shell, mouse trap, hidden behind fucking little bit of white tape to look like it's the wall. I got a few of them. That's awesome. These other ones are sneaky, though. I think they fucking hop over them. Little bastards. Anyway, they're gone now. Fuck. Back to the episode. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, basically, it's just going to be a random clip show. Uh, just stuff. Um, I think it's dating back to um, when we did the... Uh... Four, I think, eh? We go back. Like, <laughs> a lot of this shit came from, like, our reel-to-reel recorder. Yeah, it's, you know, we had a... You know, blow the dust off and everything. But... Yeah, it was kind of whack, though, because fucking Bat 32 was still swimming around in the nutsack, and I'm trying to talk to him. Like, I don't know. Didn't record very good. Interesting conversation, though. Yeah, fuck, I was a little too close to the nutsack for me, though. Fuck. 
He's sick, fuck. <laughs> uh, the imagery, eh? J-Dog talking to a nutsack. So what was your hair doing, 84? That's mullet. A- mullet? I should have known. Mullet, baby. Well, 84, I would have been seven. So yeah, I was rocking mullet already. Shit, 84, you didn't even know what a computer was. Compute? <laughs> Does not compute. No, no, I know. My, I had an uncle that was fucking straight fucking uh, computer tech, guy. Tech junkie. Right, yeah, right from the get-go, like back in the days where computers were nothing really i don't know mm-hmm. how the fuck they even did anything but early 80s shit oh yeah dos systems probably yeah so i was i never knew how to fuck to use them but does he sit there watch him fuck on them and... does he rock um the uh, jeffrey dahmer uh wire rimmed gla- big huge glasses or no no, no oh okay okay all right no no not no dahmer okay i got them glasses though yeah, I want to see you. Th- you need to. Well, you got the exploited cinema shirt. You should throw those glasses on and uh, have your machete out with the exploited cinema shirt and those glasses. It'd be awesome. Yeah, my machete. I'd be all about that. I'm gonna pull out the axe for a picture one of these days. Put a little fake blood on the end of it. Fake blood, fuck. <laughs> well, it gets grimy in Canada. Yeah, we keep it real. Yeah, clip show, fucking all the shit that hit the cutting room floor stuff. Bat was fucking too scared to put in other episodes. Oh, I've got stuff that you didn't want. Oh, hold on. I got stuff that you never wanted to enter into an episode that it was straight gold. You fucking get me in trouble with any of this stuff, and I know where to fuck. I'll come cut you. I've got all this. I've got all this great stuff that I just want to drop. It's like it's it's real J Dog gold, but. uh... Yeah. Certain things you must use your discretion there, young grasshopper. Hey, I always do. I I always show you respect. And anytime, anytime you say I don't think that was a good idea, or I'll even go one step further and go I don't think that was a good idea and remove it. You edit the show to make me sound like a bigot and stuff. Oh, I edit the show to make that. Yeah, there's no way. I could never, I could never edit the show to make that happen. Create a false image of me, fucking people think I'm just a hater and full of hate and stuff. Like it's just the way you edit the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not... think a visual image of what you think goes down <laughs> here at the headquarters. <laughs> this motherfucker. Uh, it's all a conspiracy against me. Yeah, it might be. Could be. Yeah, you never fun. know. U.S. fucking with the Canadian, eh? You fucking with the Canadian guy. Trying to poison your water. Think you're my buddy, guy? I'm not your guy, buddy. <laughs> Eat my craft dinner with maple syrup and do it in peace, guy. Maple syrup's the bomb, man. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, <sighs> fuck with us. We'll cut you off. There'll be no more maple syrup for you. We got our maple syrup supply here, buddy. Yeah, fuck, where'd you get those trees there, eh, guy? <laughs> We oh, stole trees, buddy. We stole those Canadian trees. The Canadian trees. The fuck, we'll call them back, Lord of the Rings style. Them trees. If I'm walking back over to Canada, kick down, awesome. kick down a couple of your whack Arnolds and what other knots you have there. It shut the fucking maple syrup fucking shit down, huh? Fucking the main line will be fucking cut off right at the border, yeah. You guys will have a monopoly. Yeah, you'll have to fucking 
get that Mexican cactus cactus syrup or whatever the fuck. Your next cactus juice. There you go. You can be like the Flintstones. With your cactus juice. I didn't know the Flintstones drank cactus juice. Oh fuck yeah, Freddie fucking would get loaded up. Him and Barney Rubble would drink a fucking couple of quarts of cactus juice and slap their broads around. Well, I know the uh, the Flintstones were were uh, avid smokers of Winston cigarettes. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We should try. I should play one of those ads too. I've got one. <laughs> I seen that ad. There's quite a few of them actually. It was kind of weird. To, you know, ever notice about the Hanna Barbera cartoons? You want to talk about some racist motherfuckers? Was Hanna Barbera? You ever see a black man or anything like that in a Hanna Barbera cartoon? Like a black faced? That's how it was in the Looney Tunes. Uh, there ain't no black men in the fucking Flintstones era and stuff. Yeah, I guess you're right. There is no black, black fucking man. cavemen. That's weird. Never noticed that. It's just, they they got the Indians in the episodes of the Flintstones and. and I stuff think. Like that. Uh, I think uh, the Family Guy uh, animators should do, uh, you know, all black Flintstones, like a black exploitation version of Flintstones. <laughs> Blasphemy. You think that would go over well? No. No. <laughs> what do you think the ghettos of uh, of? Uh, you know, the caveman society were like... Bedrock? The bedrock ghettos? Yeah. Mm, there was no bedrock ghettos well, the... there was no black men fucking back in the Stone Age, according to the Flintstones. How about a caveman 42nd Street? Oh, fucking... There's, there's a couple caveman movies, like Quest for Fire and Climate Cave Bear and shit like that. Do we need to do a uh, caveman episode? There's not enough of them, but we could. Has anybody ever done a caveman episode? Of course not, fuck. People don't even dare fucking try to even come into the realms of the shit we do. <laughs> For good reason. Yeah, because like, we thought of that, we just decided that shit was too whack. Fucking let those fucking bottom fucking scrapers that exploited cinema have it. Hey, we cover some quality once in a while. All our shit's quality. Number one podcast on the net. We got fucking beef with that. Meet you in the streets. Bring a lunch. Fuck. We'll throw down. Yeah, man. I'll dust nucks with you. We'll fucking rumble. We'll see who's the best podcast. <laughs> I'm talking shit now. I'm not going to say we're the best podcast, but, you know, when it comes to you. Either. I'm just talking shit. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. I'll, I'll save that. I'll reserve that. What are you dusting yeah. off? What are you dusting off? Piece of ass there? Or... Yeah, I had a fucking big fucking dust ball on my computer. You heard that, eh? I was yeah. Blew it off the keyboard. This this must be getting real fucking boring here. You're like fucking blowing dust away. <laughs> it's like cleaning my keyboard while you're talking. Well, you got nothing fresh to say, so no, I'm just kidding. Well, we don't really have any announcements. I just wanted to do something formal to just something fresh to kind of. Put things in perspective. I guess I could rattle off. Uh, yeah, what do you got anyway? I don't even know what clip you're fucking using. We got some clips uh, from last time when we had Jamie on. What well, was me and Jamie on? Uh, we rapped about uh, what did we rap about? Filmmaking and uh, Kubrick. I think that'll be in there. There should be some extended stuff with Joe from when we had him on uh, last. 
Mm, oh, yeah. He talks about beating young offenders with rubber hoses and stuff. I remember that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it just opens up the door to, you know, the gang- gangsterism that is uh, Joe Garcia. So. Mm-hmm. It's another layer to the fucking taco plot, Joe Garcia. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. Something about probably taco. For, probably for good reasons. No, I was just... <laughs> Yeah, fuck, I can't even remember now. Moving on, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be some clips on there uh, from um, when we had Tony on for the music episode, so we've got some stuff dating Mm -hmm. back to that. And I don't know, a bunch of craziness from probably recent episodes that we didn't use, so I think there's some raps. Any runk outtakes? No, I think we used all runk stuff, actually. I think I just cut out some stuff where, like, uh, he was he had to get up and get a gl- glass of water because he had like mad hangover going. But mm-hmm. you can play some of my raps. Yeah, we got some of your rough. I think there's some rough raps in there somewhere if I can find them. Some roughies. <laughs> some free flow. Anything else to say before we get into this mega clip show? I guess mega clips. Mm-hmm. Nope. Roach uh, clips, fucking titty clips. Uh, nope. No, nothing else, uh, unless you've got any other announcements or anything. Uh, keep your eyes out for the auction, I guess. That's all I can really think of. So. Mm-hmm. Don't eat yellow snow and listen to exploited cinema. That's about all I got. Take your vitamins, say your prayers. Yeah? I hate to see them work so hard. Yeah, me too. And let's go around back where we can't see them. Gee, we ought to do something, Fred. Okay. How's about taking a nap? I I got a better idea. Let's take a Winston break. That's it. Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Winston's got that filter blend. Yeah, Fred. Filter Blend makes the big taste difference, and only Winston has it up front where it counts. Here, ahead of the pure white filter, Winston packs rich tobaccos specially selected and specially processed for good flavor in filter smoking. Yeah, Barney, Winston tastes good, like a cigarette chug. The Flintstone has been brought to you by Winston. America's best-selling, best-tasting filter cigarette. Winston tastes good like a cigarette should. Are you tired of never getting the chicks? Are you sick of wasting time jerking off or trolling for hookers? Do your pickup lines stink? Well, worry no more, because... The ice is gonna break! That's right, folks. The ultimate icebreaker is now here. If you want to impress the ladies, forget the usuals like coke, cash, or car. Get yourself the official icebreaker, the Exploited Cinema t-shirt. Yes, you will be pulling wool in no time. So go get yours today at www.fastcustomshirts.com. Take it from these satisfied customers. Cecil here from Kentucky. I just want to see that dear um, uh, exploited cinema shirt. It done near changed my life. 
before I got, I spent all my time down yonder there, down in the holler, looking at the bum pornos and, re and drinking at them moonshine. And since I got this shirt, though, I done banged me four mat heads in the midget. It's like, shit, I think my dick even grew a couple inches. So what you got to say, you go down there and you order that shirt today, get it. This is Willis from Detroit, here to tell you about the Exploited Cinema T-Shirt. Since I got the shirt, my pimp hand is stronger, trappings up by 60%, and my 9 millis spilling faster than chili. Go ham in this bitch and grab one up. Fast custom shirts, you dig? Cheers, exploiters. Sir Mark Steven here from the UK. Before I got this shirt, mate, I was one sorry chap that couldn't get no lasses. But I saved me quids and got the shirt and got myself sorted out. Just the other day down at the pub, I got me a blowjob in the loo. So if you want to be a real geezer, you get yours today. Everything else is bollocks. The ice, 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 ice is gonna break! I still have an old lady some of the times I'd ditch her when she'd come down to visit me and record for Ox for four hours. Oh, I, re I remember, I can recall one time, I think she was in the room with you. While she wasn't you happy. I, we're, we're just blabbing about whatever, uh, who knows, Savage Streets or something. Yeah, my yeah. old lady, she'll come out of the bedroom and give me these looks all the time, and I'm like, almost done. Well, my girlfriend, when I was doing it, she's just, I don't know. She wouldn't be around when I was doing it. I kind of made sure. I was like, I need to be alone right now and compose my things. Get your inner grease together, yeah. Exactly. I was out of my twisted head. I know J-Dog wants to plug his butt. Yeah, I <laughs> stole my thunder. <laughs> I'm quicker than you. I was trying to spit it out, but you guys kept cutting me off. Motherfuckers. Did you get the patent on your butt plug? That special one you wanted to make? Yeah, no, fuck. Some uh, thing in San Francisco stole my idea. You're testing it out. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's an experimental Yeah, He sent it out for someone to test it, and they stole his, stole his idea. Ah, uh, okay. He didn't want to test it on himself. <laughs> no, I know better now. I'm going to have to start. <laughs> Is it one of them hand pump ones? They, yeah, make, they make hand pump ones. Holy yeah, they the make these ones that you put in your ass you and you right pump out. up. It's like a balloon in your ass. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What an so, age we live in. Feels good, actually. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! We're getting queer again. Yeah, we <laughs> just 
think about to talk about boobs or something. Yeah, it's fucking have a neck. I think he brings a gay element to the show. Oh, <laughs> more <laughs> listeners, I suppose. Hey, who's, who's the one who had Stephen Jeffries add him like so quick? <laughs> I like sent you a suggestion and he'd already added you. I know, fuck, he's seen my picture and fucking added me instantly. He's like, Ew. I gotta have it. I thought that would help him, like, lure him onto the show so he could do an interview, but he never got back to me, so I think J-Dog needs to message him. He doesn't want me. He wants to talk to the date, man. Oh, yeah, fuck. It's Canadian beef right here, man. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, it's fuck. I'm trying to cut in. You see, is this the remake, Tony? <laughs> that you're talking about? <laughs> the remake of what? Night of the Demons. No, is that yeah. is the remake any good? Actually, I I think it is. I like it. Eddie uh, Furlong, he's kicking ass in it. And stuff. Are you being sarcastic? No, man, I like uh, it. I thought it was decent. I have not seen it. I I kind of want to see the Spit on Your Grave remake uh, remake too. I haven't seen it. Yeah, J Dog said that's, that was good. That's worth a watch too, man. Dude gets fucked in the ass with a shotgun. That's all you need to know. Oh, that's a that's a that's a must buy then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you don't see that too often. But is the or, is the one guy playing the harmonica? Does does they have one guy playing like the harmonica nonstop throughout it or what? No, no, no harmonica, no. <laughs> okay. The chick gets raped in the ass, too, so that's that's funky, too. You don't see that too often, either. Now, did they stick a bottle up there like they did in the, the original? Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. That was pretty no. sexy. I met her, eh? Um, uh, Camille uh, Keaton? She's a nice lady. Didn't really understand what the fuck I was saying, because I guess my Canadian No, she has a but... scar on her face, right? Like, that's what I've heard. She has this scar on her face and throughout the film she kept her head turned to where you could see it and wore makeup and stuff is that true no it's from I like a car accident or something she has like a like a scar that on like but the right she, side of her face or something she tries to keep she, it covered with her hair i didn't I, I didn't notice that but she did have a lot of makeup on but i thought she was just old or whatever you know yeah i heard she had a terrible car accident uh before I spit on your grave, actually. I, I'd still fuck her. I thought she was pretty good looking. Yeah, she's cute. 60-year-old or however old she is. Oh, shit, yeah, man. She looking good still. Hell yeah. Anyway, if you want to, when you guys... Yeah, well, re- I, I've got it recording, so uh, just hit Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, you can... Well, I, we... I don't know when we're going to roll in whenever, you know. I like to keep it Okay. Working, so. Well, that way you can use, like, the outtake stuff for like a best of the greasy outtakes or something too. There's yeah, that's a good gold. idea. Mm-hmm. There's some gold being recorded, just some rambling. So.
This is Bone Crusher from Deadly and Dawn, and you're listening to Exploded Cinema. I am the baddest motherfucker that ever lived. But yeah, it's funny. We don't, no one's trying to fuck with us yet, but I think they're scared because they don't want me to cut loose on them. <laughs> they're just like, man, this fucking guy's pretty hardcore as it is. I don't know if I should even say shit. <laughs> Come cut me or something. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, you rocking your machete and shit in those pictures. I mean, people with the fucking that mask, that black mask, kind of sends a message. Don't fuck with me. I had to actually take those pictures down. People were getting freaked out. What was people your mother like, like? What's wrong? Yeah, I, I like shook my grandma. She was all like scared of me, and I knew these horror movies were gonna get to like them. That. Some people I worked with were like, oh, dude, I don't know. You're starting to scare me. Like, <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. <laughs> fuck, you got to be crazy to work at a jail. Fuck. Or hurting for money or something. I don't know. <laughs> fuck. It's steady work, man. It's always That's, there. It's true, yeah. If you can put up with the piss and shit flying at you, you just need good reflexes. Yeah. Dodge it. Well, you kicked that game for a while, didn't you, Joe? Yeah, but I worked with juveniles, which is a, uh, which you know, it's a, it's a whole different spectrum. But yeah, oh, I mean, God. some of those are just uh, those are guys are waiting to graduate to your level, you know. Mm-hmm. And some of them, you know, try to play hard and and uh, just. But don't you think they're being molded into that, Joe? Yeah, in a lot of ways they are. You know, a lot of ways. Uh, shit, some of them, like say, if the parents are in a gang. It's all like a real gang. Yeah, it's right. They're automatically in too. So you know that's their goal, especially you know when dad and all their uncles and fucking maybe yeah. even mom is is locked up. I mean that's that's the like you just said that's the mold for them. That's that's what they see. That's what they're conditioned to. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and they're... if nobody else gives them a break too, then then fuck. What else is there for them? Yeah, the young offenders are unpredictable too. Them little buggers. They can be dangerous. Oh, yeah, they can be real fucking dangerous. Well, because their mind's still growing and they're erratic. They, they'll do things impulsively, yeah. Like, yeah. They, won't, they, won't, they won't think about it. Like, they don't know the consequences. Like, a guy in adult jail, he's like, well, I'm one step away from being in the big house for 30, 30 years here. So, yeah, I'm not going to punch that guard in the face today. I'm just going <laughs> to let it slide here. Right. Juvie's like, fuck, whatever, fuck. Boom, he'll just smoke you. What's going to happen? He's under 18. <laughs> Can't keep him forever. Yeah. Like you guys just did the uh, did the review on uh, Bad Boys. You know? Scum, yep. The prison episode. And it, it's kind of, you know, it mirrors the adult system where there there are, you know, power struggles, you know, like who's running this fucking place and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's some weird-ass shit. And... You know, J-Dog, you talk about, you know, some of the things that these guys convert into, into shanks. Yeah. One kid, he uh, he took a pork chop bone, snuck it back into his cell, and he had a plan to, to assault one of, the, one of the night crew. But, okay. man, you don't realize how, how fucking dangerous even a, a, a pork chop bone can be, man. I mean, that thing just fit, like, perfectly in the palm with the... With a pointy end of the bone sticking right through the through the knuckles, fucking yeah, it's almost like a knuckle duster. Yeah, you can just hold it and yeah. it'll stick between your two fingers, and you could just five six quick jabs to the neck. Throw that in a movie. 
<laughs> that's brutal. That that takes me back. That's some like caveman shit, like sharp as a bone. Yeah. We don't even serve any meat that has any bones. We don't serve chicken anymore at our jail pork chops. We used to. They don't get no nothing like that. Had that all, problem, huh? Yeah, it's all hamburger now. Oh, yeah, we found or deboned chicken, boneless chicken. Shanks. Problem. Well, some of the shanks I found this week, like I found what, seven of them in the last ten days. Some of them are made out of wood. Some of them are made out of fucking like little pieces of metal. I don't. Are know you wondering they where they're finding this shit out? Like, uh, they just pry everything they can apart. Like, <laughs> Bed spring, or you don't even have anything like that. Any, you don't have no, any metal take, or had to take all the bed springs out. Yeah, bed spring shanks, just anything like fucking. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Toothbrush. <laughs> Oh yeah, toothbrushes. Yeah, we except our toothbrushes we give them now they're only about maybe two inches long. So it's kind of hard. Yeah, to get yeah that's that sharpened. I yeah, mean, they like, can still do it, but yeah, it's not enough. Uh, it's not a whole lot to work with. But, yeah, we would give them the same thing. These little fucking shitty toothbrushes. Yeah, I did find one though a little while ago that was almost two feet long, big, thick metal. Like, I think it was like a spear. <laughs> wow. Could stuck someone right fucking arsehole to breakfast with that thing. It was nasty. Good thing you got that out of their hands. Damn. Hell yeah, yeah. I don't. You could have used it as a club, as a shank, whatever. Pipe someone out with it. Yeah, it was scary. Yeah, you'd, you'd be amazed at what some of these guys can do. I mean, that's why you know when people say when they watch these prison flicks and they're like, "Oh, no way that could happen." You'd be fucking surprised, yeah. man. I mean, these guys are they're inventive. They're working with what they got. Yeah, they're a bunch of little MacGyvers sitting in their fucking rooms <laughs> 23 hours a day. Fucking, they'll turn that uh, little radio they have into a cell phone or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Or Tattoo get a cell phone in. Well, yeah, yeah. Guy will hide a cell phone. Well, they're small enough now. They can get them into the jail. They'll just hide them in their asses. Mm-hmm. Yep. Make sure it's fucking only on vibrate if someone's phoning. <laughs> Dude. Walking down the hall, his ass starts ringing. I should throw it in this episode. I got this recording of Charlie Manson got a hold of a cell phone in there. I heard they, like, rent them out. My boy, see, I hear all this stuff from my friends because I got a lot of boys that are felons. <laughs> so, you know, boys I hear all boys in the hood, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I hear a lot of these stories and stuff. And they, my, my one boy, he said, basically, uh, they'll, they'll get a phone and pimp it out. Like, rent the fucker out and shit. Oh, yeah. You know, and make buku bucks. He said, yeah. A cell phone can turn $2,000, $5,000 if you got someone on the outs that's... Oh, easy, yeah. They, all they got to do is get it in there on, uh, and fucking get someone on the outs paying the bill or just rock prepaid minutes yeah. as you talk to them on the regular phone, get the number for... Yeah. Well, yeah, that's crazy money. And then I, I've heard these guys are, like, calling politicians and threatening them and shit. And this, they had a, a, a case recently, I've heard, uh, in the news, of getting a cell phone and fucking threatening, threatening this politician. And he's like, how did you get a phone and where are you calling from? I'm an inmate in San Quentin or whatever. It's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, you could probably charge $10 a minute for that cell phone in jail. It's crazy. Making a big pen. There you go. You should go to jail and sneak a few cell phones in. Fuck, we'll go halves on it. I'll pay the bill on the outside. <laughs> Can they still smoke in the 
in uh, penitentiary in Canada, J-Dog, or did they eliminate that too? They took the smoking out, staff and inmates. Yeah, yeah. yeah they did that sense. around here around, uh, I don't know, I'd say eight, ten years ago. Okay, it would have been, what, seven years ago here, yeah. Right when I was uh, first getting into into the work, about six, seven years ago, they took it away. Actually, they took it pretty well. Like, we figured we might have riots and shit, nah. Oh, really? Riots here all over the place. Yeah, they, they went fucking berserk. Where, yeah, where we are had, you at? You're in Texas, right, action, Joe? Whereabouts are you at? I'm in South Texas. Oh, okay, okay. Wow, riots, that's crazy. Yeah, they took it out of Michigan here, too, but uh, I don't know, I'm sure it caused some riots. But It's still there, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, what, what it is now is they'll get they'll they'll get a whole pack of cigarettes, and I've heard they'll break them down and then roll them up into little pinners and sell, like, fucking $5 a cigarette and shit. Yeah, that's what they go for in mine, too. They'll come in and, like... Uh pouches of tobacco all bunched up and they throw them over the fence or whatever it's once we took uh, smoking or yeah once we took smoking on it almost eliminated the drug problem really because before all they had to worry about getting in was weed and shit now they're more worried about getting tobacco in than anything like sometimes you'll get a big thing of tobacco it'll have a couple of pills and a little bit of weed hidden inside it and that's it instead of ounces of weed flying over the fence every second day <laughs> ounces of weed just bird drops that one huh yeah get fucking pigeons seagulls uh-huh. to drop them off awesome. <laughs> get a trained fucking cat to run it in the yard <laughs> or you can get the guards to do it like the trailer park boys did oh hell yeah well they were so- hooking them right up yeah <laughs> yeah only in the trailer park boys when they, they buy dope right off the cops in the trailer park boys, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's classic. Bat's not too familiar with that stuff, though. Well, it was, it. was it shot in Nova Scotia, right, where Hobo was shot? And yeah. all, all the cops are dirty up there. So, I mean, it's... it's <laughs> is that cops. So, is, is, um, is trailer park boys, do you think that's in the same reality as Hobo, or what? No, man, Trailer Park Boys is fucking insane, crazy, funny shit. Yeah, it's just um, retarded. That, that's on Netflix. That's how I've been watching it. And, you know, I've been flying through those. That's some funny shit. Oh, man, hell yeah. That shit's classic. What season are you on? Man, I don't even know because they, like, mesh well, you know, one into another. Um, yeah, they were just planning on, on buying the Trailer Park. Season six. And... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Is, have they had Rita McNeil harvesting the weed yet? No. No, no? not yet. But, uh, no, it's cool, man. It, it, it's, a, it's a damn funny show. Yeah, I dig che- it. The Cheeseburger Picnic episode's another good one. <laughs> there is one remaining sin, and now a motion picture dares to show you what few can even whisper. It's the best-looking mom in town. Oh, my God. Oh, God, this is incest. Incest. 
Taboo co-stars a dirty dozen of the juiciest young porno stars, including horny newcomer Dorothy LeMay. You've seen her in the movie Ten. Now you'll be turned on to the girl with a hungry mouth who really gets off on sucking. Kate Parker, lush, hot, and wild. She surpasses all sex goddesses in raw sensuality and featuring Mike Ranger as the stud, her son. Taboo features Miki Oyama, steaming with the unbridled passion secrets of the Orient. And sizzling T.J. Carson, the centerfold voted the girl you most want to fuck. Everyone's talking about Taboo. High society says torrid, and even by today's standards, shocking. This film takes a harder look at America's last remaining sexual taboo than Masters and Johnson, and does it with style. Kay Parker's subtle sensuality makes this movie transcend the ordinary. Taboo has one of the most arousing action scenes we've seen to date. Taboo has it all. Sensual, exciting, a film that comes along only once. You'll be telling your friends about it, too. Critics' Choice rates it 100% on the meter. Taboo is an erotic winner with the best-looking bodies we've ever seen. Taboo is a wild wet dream coming to this screen soon. Taboo for those who dare. Attention podcast shoppers. If you have a sweet tooth, we have a special treat for you. If you download an episode of Profondo Cinema in the next half hour, we'll give you a bag of audio ear candy free to take home to the kitties or enjoy yourself. So, hurry and download an episode at ProfondoCinema.com. There is a place where a maniac waits. I ain't no doctor, but I'm telling you, I've seen this guy in action. Now, Arthur's on a rampage. Out to kill everyone in sight. Until one woman fights back. She was the one that escaped from that maniac. It made her a hero. And Arthur's mad about it. We got an escaped mental patient. We think he might be somewhere in the area. What do you think? He's gonna cross the desert and find her just like that? He's a psycho! But Arthur's out to prove that there's no escape from the high-speed terror of the freeway maniac.
Yeah, I didn't see anything come up in that auction that was like... I find the, the key... Oh, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, the key is to jump on the first couple ones, like fucking before people really even know what's going on. <laughs> like, fuck, I took... you did that. I took like four of the first five. I didn't pay more than $16 for anything. No, no. Well, that was kind of the small shit, too, a little bit. That's what Axel said. He's like, I see J-Dog's grabbing some of the small shit there. I was like, yeah, but he'll, he'll get in. He's just yeah, warming man. up. That fucking, those promo things are ultra rare, though. Like, fucking, I see that shit in Horror Hounds and stuff, and I've what, wanted what, some of this shit for a long time. What stuff are you I talking about? The Witchboard stuff or the uh, Demon? Oh, uh, Night of the, the demon, demon stuff. A lot, even a lot of those pins. Like, I got some pins. I got, uh... I seen you in ape shit on those pins. My girl was like, what is he doing? Pins. And I was like, well, he's got some already, but... Well, that's only 13 bucks I spent on those pins. Yeah. There's yeah. quite a few of them there. Like, they live that, uh, Dawn... Or that Day of the Dead one. That thing alone, wow. I would assume it's the same ones I got. They were given out when it was originally in theaters as, like, a promo item. I got okay. three of them already. So you could sell that one and probably pay for that whole lot of stuff then. <laughs> well, I, the first one I the first one I bought I paid like six bucks for, but then the other one I found it listed oddly on eBay for the fuck was it a dollar ninety nine and the chick fucking decided to be nice and she's like yeah I sent I had two of them when I went through my stuff so I just sent you both of them she said and I was like oh sweet was it a buy it now yeah. Oh that's awesome. I was like I'm like whoa two day of the dead pins for fucking dollar ninety nine I'm like tight. That's and I got sweet. some gutter ball pins, uh, some Friday the 13th That came pins. with patches too, buddy. Some Halloween patches. You've seen that, yeah, right? Yeah, Two patches, yeah. Sold them on, on a badass denim jacket you get from second yeah, hand. Yeah, I need to get one and rip the sleeves yeah. off it. 80s it up. tracks, but... Eh, what did you want? The soundtracks? Like the vinyl, you're saying? No, those fucking cassettes. Oh, I know you wanted those, but... Yeah. Uh, Axel got those, right? No, some Ooh. other cat did. I was actually chatting to Axel, and it was at 71, and I'm like, I was like, fuck all you motherfuckers, 72, and, I'm, and then I watched it, and it ended, and I'm like messaging. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? I, I bid, man, like when you were at three. I'm like, Yeah, you asked me. You're like, what do you think I should do? And I was like, I don't know, man. He named off three cassettes, and like, I don't even know. I should have went on YouTube, but I don't even know if that Terror Vision soundtrack's even, like, in oh. circulation. Dude, I looked, and then I'm like, what the fuck? Because I was chatting to Axel, and I'm like, ah, I never switched it back. And all of a sudden, Axel's like, holy fuck, man. I'm sorry, but I'm, like, rolling on the floor laughing right now. I'm like, yeah, I f kind of forgot to fucking switch it back. I did that twice, actually, on two <laughs> different auctions. I fucked up. I was conversing with Axel, and... Then I go to bid and I forget that I didn't click back and I'm like, hey, why didn't I win that? Because <laughs> I bid on pretty much. I, I was wondering I, what you were doing. I thought you said, ah, fuck it. I don't want those tapes that bad. Did you notice I had a bid in on pretty much everything but probably three items? <laughs> yeah, I noticed. I don't think you bid on the Suspiria poster whatsoever, which I was kind of surprised, but. It went, it got too high too fast. I was like, fuck, I ain't paying more than 40 bucks for that. Dude, a hundred, dude, you still could have turned that around. Like, I tried okay. looking on eBay to see if they had anything, but all they had was, like, a foreign little <laughs> e-poster on there, but I can guarantee you could probably get a couple hundred bucks for that. I wasn't horny enough. It's in, It was in mint, like, those fucking mutilator oh, posters. Yeah. It's, it's, like, something you'd get, you wouldn't find anything like that unless it came from the director or, you know, somebody was cleaning out, like, a... Uh, 
uh, movie theater or something. They never used the poster, you know, something like that. That that hey, never happened. I got a pigeon for you, actually, if you feel like you want to make some money off one of your mutilator posters. I got a guy willing to pay 120 bucks for a mutilator poster. I was thinking about, because, I don't know, man, heart... Times are hard, and I'm like, fuck, I've got a couple of those, but I'm not really lo- looking the part on the fall break, if that's no, what no, no. looking for. No, 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 well, not the fall break. Just I, a mutilator poster. I gotta look and see if he personalized all those to me, but I think he might have. Yeah. That's that's what I was thinking about. I don't know. I'll have to look, but... It's too bad we gave that one away, because that Jay Flesher, fucking, he wants one of mine, and He's like, well, what would you want? And I just kind of like told well, him. Well, yeah, I'm yours got I, signed, even, but no. Actually, you could sell yours because you didn't get a. Personalized. Yeah. I got fucked. Well, not maybe not because, I mean, those aren't, those aren't going now. So I know. I, um, I kind of just threw it out there. I told him. Well, he's got one now. I think he bucks. got off Andy for real cheap, and he might yeah. part with one. I don't know. I'll have to look at him in the back. Um, I'll, I'll hit you back again about that. If I have one that's not signed, yeah, because really all I wanted was those the fall break one. Like, I like the original, but yeah, I wanted the fucking fall break one, because that's like, mm. where are you going to see that again? You, you only did see it if it came from Buddy Cooper. I don't think they were ever used. I think they were printed and held back, I think, weren't they? Yeah, those were never released, from what I understand. Yeah. And um, I, I actually had to suck Buddy's dick to get one of them. D actually now I remember D's got um D's got the fall break poster that um Andy had originally picked up before Buddy Cooper had put the other lots out. And somebody responded on this video going, Holy shit, that's so fucking rare. Where did you get that? I've never seen that before and I was like, Whoa. Oh yeah, they're fucking <laughs> I should have bought more. I bought fucking Buddy Cooper. I kinda pissed them off and I was complaining because I was supposed to get a third set and Fucking, there was just that miscommunication, and remember, fucking, like, cause I was like, man, I think I pissed Buddy Cooper off, like, arguing with him about the fucking posters. <laughs> yeah, I remember you were saying maybe we could get an interview, and then, like, after that, you pretty much, re- I never heard anything about maybe yeah. getting an interview with him. <laughs> yeah, fucking, wow. Fuck him, like, fucking, I thought we agreed, if I give him another 20 bucks, he was gonna give me another set of three posters, and. Then he said he was throwing in a bonus one. Maybe fuck, maybe you helped sour the deal so no more will get out. Maybe that kind of helped it. Now those posters are worth a fortune. Fuck, maybe, because fucking... They, they, that was it for them on eBay after I bought them. Fucking, I bought, like, the last of them, and that was it. It was kind of strange that, like, he only sold them for 30... What were they, 30 bucks, you said? For three three posters yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Well, he threw a bonus one in for on my set that... Because I bought six of them at that time, and it was didn't you to, didn't you tell him that we were going to give one away on the show? Didn't you didn't you correspond with him on that? Yeah, yeah I told him okay. that. Yeah, because he, he said, well, that was before he because I said that after because he said he was going to toss in some extras. I was like, oh, cool. I was like, I'll use it for fucking. I'll use one of them as a giveaway prize because I was kind of trying to butter him to maybe. Th- Hoping he'd kick one in himself. Oh, well, fuck, you're cool. You're doing a giveaway. Fuck, well, here, I'll fucking donate another one. Well, that's why I wanted I to keep... Yeah, that's why I wanted to keep that good on that hustle. deal, though. Like, Maybe he I got mad and seen through that I was trying to hustle him up for some posters. But we did give the poster away for... I mean, that's accountable. You can even look on the YouTube oh, yeah. page. So, I mean, that was cool. We kept that end of the bargain up, so...
Yeah, we can get rocking on this. It should only take like 20 minutes. Yeah, just the intro. Oh, I got lots of fucking... Well, fuck, I got a whole fucking stack of posters in my fucking closet. Like, they just sit there. Well, how much wall ever... space do you got? Do you got a lot of well, fucking frames are a fortune. Me and my, I still don't have those mutilator posters up because frames are so fucking expensive, like twenty, thirty bucks. And I don't want to fold. Shit here. Some of the, you know, some of those poster frames they put out aren't big enough for those original one sheets. And I see people fold them under. I don't want to do that. I'll give you a quick peek. Can you see in there? Are those, what are they just, oh, those are the rolled, okay, yeah, I see those. How many you yeah. got there, about dozen or more? 20? Oh, shit, there's probably 20, Oh, you've 20 got them doubled, probably. 20 those. tubes, those big ones, some of those tubes have 15, 20 posters in them. Yeah. There's probably 100 and some in that corner of, of rolled. Doubled up and shit, yeah. Can you see up there? That's the stack. Those are all the folded ones. There's probably a hundred and some folded ones there. That's like, awesome, dude. Right in those two piles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can you see them, though? Yeah, Yeah. oh, yeah, I can see oh, okay. it's, it's like a little mini comic book stack, but I know that those are way thinner than a comic book. So yeah, it's... they're just fucking pressed right out. Yeah, yeah, I got, like, no posters in my bedroom. Yeah, dude, you need to fucking... I need just... frames. Well, dude, even if you got those um, bag dude, things... These are the ones I got up, I got... I need bags on. I got zombie. Mm. Need bags unlimited. Do the, I wonder if those come with backboards? Because if they do, you're yeah, that'd be perfect to just tack up or get some tacky to hold them up or something. That's an original night night remake poster. Is it that a pin. video or? No, it's theatrical. Oh, okay. Yeah, the video had already. like Ben and shit on it. Yeah, it's yeah. my original Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, right. <laughs> you I wish. See. My signed Linda Blair titty picture. Is that really signed? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Got it on eBay. It's garbage. Yeah, I don't have much fucking posters. Like, I got my... This was a fucking kind of a promo thing. You I love got. Tarantino. There no. it is. Oh, this is cool. This is a promo. Can you see that? Dude, we're going to see a Pulp Fiction poster in a second here. Can you see what that is? Um... No, I can't make that out. It's too dark. What is that? I can't. I can't really see. I think I've seen this in a video though one time. Oh, okay. Is did you get that from the video store? Got that from Walmart. Oh, okay. Is there a display thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty sweet. You'll never see anything like that again. No. No, I got my. Miss 45 poster. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I've seen that before. Got my Day of the Dead Spanish one. Oh, I've never seen that. That's sweet. That's pretty boss, eh? At least that's just the only shit I got hanging up. My Monster Squad. I got Shaun of the Dead. My Friday the 13th compilation. My numbered poster. Yeah, you wanted that little uh, catalog thing with the Friday the 13th VHS is what to stick in there or something. That was kind of cool. Kind of. My box sets. Let's give you a quick virtual tour here. <laughs> Speaking of them, there's one of those pins right there. Oh, that's sweet, dude. Still in the plastic or did you put that in a keeper? That's how I got it. 
original 80s laser tag. I was going to say, what's that from, like, 85? <laughs> Still works. Yeah. Charlie Bronson trading card. <laughs> Where do you get this shit? My Romero trading card numbered. Okay, I, I'm sure there's shit like that. Directors trading cards out there, but yeah, Hollywood action set Charles Bronson. <laughs> How much you pay for that, or did you just find that in a hobby shop? <sighs> Fifty cents on eBay. Nice. Some guy just had a whole whack of shit. <clears throat> I dug through. Never seen that before, so then I got my uh, Martin video poster and my Return of the Living Dead uh, teaser theatrical. Yeah, I remember when you uh, talked about getting that Martin poster. It was on the Furox. One of the later episodes, you announced that, didn't you? Yeah, it's my Hess thing you got me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this they were giving out to, like, at the rap party at the cast and crew, and then they were sent to theaters to promote it, like, coming August 16th everywhere. What's that, the Martin poster? No, the Return of the Living Dead. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a poster. I thought that was, like, a laser disc there. No, then then uh, that's my that's my vinyl for the TCM two soundtrack. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, I bought that off Tony actually before I before I really knew Tony on Dead Pit. Would he have doubles or something? Nah, he had just bought it and tried to turn a buck. He paid twenty bucks for it. I give him, I think I give him thirty. That's boss. Yeah, sixteen to twenty five. There's only twenty five of those ever made. And Tony's got one or two, you said, right? He's got a pink one, and I got a pink one, and Tony's got the red one, too. Uh-huh. And I got a whole bunch of posters. I there want that, that rabid poster. And I hung up, like, yeah, ra- rabid. If you, son. dude, if you ever sell that, dude, let, let me know. All right, I'll, that, I'll, I want that for him. So look that, that thing's signed by Romero. Yeah, I've seen that before. You had it hanging at the old place. Yeah. My Day of the Dead video. And that's just too sweet. <laughs> And then Blood Beach. Blood In and Blood Out I got back there, too. Really? Yeah, I got a Blood In, Blood Out one sheet. And fuck, that's... Ooh, this thing's cool. That's worth a lot of money. Is that Colonel Sanders? Colonel Sanders, 1972 piggy bank. Oh. They used to get those with a bucket of chicken. Colonel Sanders was still alive then. Yeah, I bought that at a garage sale for a dime. I love Best that. dime you ever spent, huh? Yeah, man. Well, I can't wait to see that fucking lamp in action, dude. Fuck, I can't wait to see that lamp, too. Hey, you've seen all this shit before. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you've got a max collection to the gills that... Well, it doesn't, it doesn't make my collection hey. necessarily look terrible, but... Well, yeah, it does. Say hi to Leatherface. Oh, half my shit's not even displayed. Like, a third of it. I should have put a bit on that fucking uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night VHS. I don't have that one. You want it? I got it for you. <laughs> that was one was still sealed. I don't know. I, I was, I, I seen nobody bid, and I was like, that movie isn't that shitty, is it? I mean, I haven't seen it fucking since I was a kid. But... Yeah, it is. I got, like, the DVD and the VHS. I remember I bought them off Andy. He, he, he threw them in for free on some shit I bought, actually. He gave me parts three, four, and five. He was like, dude, you just take these from me. Like, please. Yeah, nobody, he's like, I'm take these or I'm going to burn. 
He's like, pretty much. He's like, I got like fucking multiple copies of these. He's like, you want them? I'm just, if you don't, I'm just giving them to the Goodwill. He has titles <laughs> on the shelf that, you know, need the shelf space. He's been selling his all his shit off. We need to talk to him and get him in. I think he's been using it to remodel his house and shit. <laughs> John Schneider. You're DEA. Undercover. One American against the world's drug armies. You tell me where those papers are. check out Behind the Mask Podcast. And if you don't believe, we'll make you believe. Check out your ultimate guide to movies, music, and nostalgia at BehindTheMaskPresents.com and you'll be doing something to help Soul Brothers for once. You'd have to be white not to recognize him. What about him? He's in San Quentin. Was, Lieutenant. Was. Hey. Where you going, man? Funny looking nigga, all right. Hey. <laughs> you go tell Mr. Finney and Sidney Lord Jones is here to see you. Everything's keyed to go at midnight tomorrow. The soft spot's here through the old steam tunnel. Any questions? Travis, the muscle. Roy, the box man. Mercer. Cheeky baby. The money man. Johnny, the driver. He had a plan to hit the man right where it hurts. In the diamonds. Three million bucks worth of Whitey's ice. And baby, that's cold.
You're no token nigger around here. You were given that job to get it done. Now, where the hell is it getting done? Bust him! Vivian! I swear to God, I had nothing to do with that round key thing. The dude with the diamonds is dead. Hold it, Mr. Taker here. Get him up! Nervous, Travis? A little bit. Now, talk that over here. for the people or the price starring Thalmus Razalala as Sidney Lord Jones with three million bucks worth of ice and baby that's cold cool breeze from MGM reluctantly crouched at the starting line engines pumping and thumping in time the green light flashes the flags go up Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. He's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for whom he still burns. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. She's all alone, all alone in a time of need. Because he's racing and pacing and plotting the course. He's fighting and fighting and riding on his horse. He's going the distance. Well, it is. Well, I'm actually outside the city. Actually, I'm about an hour from Charlotte, so well, I just not, claim Charlotte so people know where it is. But yeah. I usually go to Durham, which is about two hours from me. So, I mean, it's a hell of a drive. So when I want to go see something really awesome, I have to go. It, it's a drive. That's two hours there, two hours back. Yeah, but I plan for it. It would be a three-and-a-half-hour three to get to Flint, uh, and I think that would be the nearest city for me. If Detroit would be a four-and-a-half-hour drive for me, actually, and Though they do show a lot, I know. Um, what was it Gone with the Pope was shown in Detroit, and it's like J Dog was like, "Why didn't you go?" It's like because it's a fucking four and a half hour trip. It'd be like the whole day. I'd like go there, watch the movie, and then be driving all day and night. You know, four and a half is a lot. I mean, two hours is about my limit. But I think people should make the effort. If you're a fan of the genre, make the effort because it's like it, you know, it's something I'll do once a month where I'm going to make that big trip. I go out there, you know, I we get get beers at the theater you know usually those kind of theaters you can drink beer in there you have a good time there's really cool people there um you just have a great time and you plan and you make a day of it you know and and, and you support the genre you love and it's really it's awesome i just love it i, I was saying um a couple of weeks they're going to play american werewolf in london next so i'm fucking i can't wait to go see that well, you know what i've seen at some of these theaters i know um you know dead pit did it recently um in prestonsburg didn't they they got the uh, halloween 2 or something and showed it was four yeah halloween four. Oh, it was halloween yeah. four okay yeah and that went over well on their end it's like um you know for years i've seen some areas where like they'll at their local theater you know some people know the theater owner or whatever and they'll talk to them and say hey can you get this print in or whatever and sometimes they'll get old older stuff in or whatnot and we'll show it if you know if you go and talk to your theater owner they they have access to be able to even obtain rent the 
the print, you know, so that would be your best bet. And I've seen it happen, so I've never done it, but I've never really had enough people. You know, when you do that, you got to be able to bring the people in, I think, huh? Yeah, well, a lot of them, they'll get followings. Like the Retro Phantasma shows I go to in Durham, they have a fo- You know, you see the same kind of people there, and plus people will come over from the colleges because that's right next to, to UNC and uh, State and Duke. Is that where you, you know? went and seen The Last House, 35? Yes. Okay, yeah I, yeah. I seen your video where you're walking around, and I was like, damn, that fucking area right there, that little that's square Durham. is huge. Yeah. So. That's Durham. That's awesome. That's an awesome area. I've, I've actually considered moving over that way. Oh, I was wondering really if you awesome considered <laughs> shooting any films in that area. That looks like some great uh, production value. Well, that, that's where I shot Scarecrow at Midnight. Was up. Um, it was not in Durham, but it was in Hillsboro, which is kind of a suburb-ish area of Durham. It's outside Durham, but mm. so I, I did shoot up that way. But yeah, shooting in the city and stuff. That's that's always a running gun thing. Just depends yeah. on you know what your project is and. <laughs> Kind of write a few scenes in and do yeah i filmed in my town here and uh like people people aren't used to it so they were like oh this is cool and they just assume that like you, you know you're supposed to be there so nobody questions it but like if you stick around too long like people start to wonder and start asking questions you know so gorilla filmmaking 101 do it now mm-hmm. ask for forgiveness later okay <laughs> just act like you know what you're doing you'll be fine <laughs> nobody will fuck with you Say I didn't feel like doing that level of sacrifice would be worth it to work for, for trauma. Now, conversely, I would to this day, if I could, if I knew I could get in, I'd go work for Corman, Roger Corman. Fucking, if I knew he was back churning shit out and they'd let me work on his, man, I'd go do it. I go PA. I mean, that's how you, that's how you get in. You have to, you work your way from the ground level up. You know, I mean, I've done it here locally. Um, and you work your way in from the ground level up. But, yeah, somebody like Corman would be totally worth it. But Troma, maybe not so much. And uh, I think they'd a- be a great distributor. And a lot of people say, well, I won't touch anything with the Troma. But I think, personally, just me as a fanboy and stuff, like just to, sl- just to put that DVD or Blu-ray, I don't even know if they do Blu-rays. I, I imagine they do. but I think they did one for Poultry Guys, yeah. Um, you know, just to, just to have your movie 
you know, with the with the with the trauma stamp on it, and just slide that on the shelf and go, yep, I, got, I had a movie put out by Trauma. I didn't get any because I mean their deal is you don't get shit. You know, we just distribute the movie. So for me, that's a pretty good deal for a first film. You know, just to get it out there in circulation. And I'm, I you know, I know it takes money to make money, but you know, I'm really, I'm really for, especially with um, downloading and stuff the way it is. I'm one of those throwback artists is where i don't give a fuck about making money <laughs> on the product you know if i can over time for five years piece together a film and then put it out you know with you know 50 bucks here 100 bucks here and there you know piece the thing together and just get it on the shelf that's that's worth, well worth it to me so yeah totally i mean i've actually told people like fucking copy my movie if i give you one of my screeners copy it give it to people mm-hmm. you can put it on torrents um i just don't want it streaming online i don't stream any of my stuff online i just think that's too easy for the viewers you know it's not asking enough of them that i don't think they respect your you know it's kind of like a girl that, that puts out on the first date you know um I think they need to they need to work a little bit to watch one of my movies because I work too fucking hard to just give it away for absolutely nothing. Um, so yeah, well, I don't, to, I don't well at least to contact the filmmaker and ask to get a screener and then at least write a blurb about it. Like, well, you've got short film, and I, me and J Dog both have we we watched your films and everything. We wanted to do a show um, back in October with you just around around with you just your shorts, but I know you got your feature. It's already in the can, right? Yeah, I'm going through the final um, po- final post on it right now. I've got a um, composer in the UK doing the score for it, so that's all I'm waiting on. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, and w- so we're we're looking forward to uh, once you get that finished, reviewing that and your short, so and doing like a whole Mutantville episode. So I appreciate it, man. I, uh... Do you um do you have any um earlier shorts that you've got that we could check out or? Is it no, stuff that you're down. like don't want anybody to really? Because I, you know, I did my first couple film. My first film is, I I sent J Dog a copy, but it's terrible and it's an embarrassment. But I still kind of send it out every now and again because like I did spend a little while on it. So right. no, Devil Comes Down is the only completed one that I send out because we we shot that in 2008. Um, but before that, I shot Seed for Chaos, which is to this day not completed. Um, I shot all the footage for it, but man, there's a huge long, I don't know if you want me going to all this show, but I mean, as I was editing it, it was just too fucking long. I had like over 110 hours of footage where we had shot for three years. It's a feature. Yeah. Mm. And I was putting it all together. And, and when I, when I finally stopped on it last, it was three and a half hours and I still had to put the ending on it. So it was going to clock in at five hours and uh, it just wasn't working. And I was like, fuck this. I got to get away from this. And that's, and I got away from it for a while. And then that was how we got into the whole American Zombie film contest with Romero and wound up doing Double Comes Down for that. And and then after that, we just moved on to other projects. So I like, kind of left Sea for Chaos sitting on the shelf. But plus, I couldn't figure out how to get it to work. And But now I've, I've been able to work on it like mentally and figure out, okay, I, I, maybe if I do this and this and this, I can shape it into something workable. But we're actually talking about... You feel like you got to cut it down more or what? Yeah, I got Because it's yeah, pacing five hours. is the problem. Yeah, I mean, pacing yeah. is horrible. And I mean, in five hours doesn't work for a movie. So I'm looking at chopping it up and, and making it possibly episodic and mm-hmm. releasing it over the course of a couple months, like on the website. Mm-hmm. 
I got into like looking up Super 8mm films that were made in the 70s and 80s, and there was just this whole um, underground film revolution of, you know, enthusiasts, Super 8 enthusiasts at home shooting their own um, Super 8 masterpieces. And that's what Dark Star reminds I don't. I think that 16mm was shot on. Correct yeah, it was shot on 16 and blown up to 35. Yeah. yeah, that's what a lot of people did back then. But this is, you know, imagine eight Super 8 blown up to, say, 16 or something. That's probably what right. these guys are doing or were doing. But some of these guys were, like, reading, um, I guess, some of these science fiction magazines, and they had how-tos on how to do mm-hmm. effects and they were like they would they do contests and you can actually look up on youtube there's a few uh there's like a mad max one that's done pretty well and it really reminds me of some of van beber's stuff but it also reminds me of you know uh, uh richard stanley's student film of hardware and also you know what we're talking about here with dark stars so. <clears throat> yeah well it's it's the lifeblood of uh of filmmaking. I mean, guys have to start. They got to start at that ground level where they're just doing it because they're inspired and they have no resources, which is which is totally talking about myself and mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure in yourself as a yeah. filmmaker. You know, where you just you just kind of take inventory of what you have around you're like okay well i've got a sword and i've got two chicks i know that'll be in it and you're like okay one uh, of them will take their top off (laughs) yeah and you go and you write the script and there's your movie you know and you just try to make it the best you can and and that's what that all comes from and i really love it and uh, what i noticed back on we i guess we can get back on one of the topics ilsa it's like even though they didn't like for um, Wicked Warden, it, they didn't have as much money, and uh, it was actually directed by uh, Jess Franco. I don't know if you know that or not. Yes, but, yes. And he like, yeah, it didn't. And his effects were fucking terrible. I don't know if he just went out there and tried to do his own effects or what, but they looked terrible. So it, to fill that void, he just kept you know topless fucking naked women, and like I don't know when, I guess when short on a uh, budget, get some chicks to take their top off. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's more of a sleazier uh, filmmaker stand standpoint, I guess. I don't know. Right. Uh, I guess I've been watching these exploitation films, and you're right; it does does rub off on you in many different ways. So they do. It's uh, you know, you have to be careful sometimes of watching too many of one type of movie for well, at least I'm, from my own experience, I'll say. You know, because it can kind of pull you into a weird, dark mood. Because during my experience of making C for Chaos, which, you know, I spent three years shooting it, um, I didn't watch anything but horror films. I would not watch a cartoon. You know, the only thing I watched on TV that was not a movie was if I was watching fights, whether it was boxing or Ultimate Fighting Championship. Mm. But if it came to movies, I would only watch horror films. And I went and I saw everything that was new. But by the end of that period, it kind of drove me mad. I mean, I was in a really <laughs> dark place, and it was it was really really disturbing. So, yeah, you know, there there are people that kind of get sucked in a little bit too deep. But that's why I like to change it up now. You know, I'm a big fan of a lot of retro stuff. I I watch stuff all the way back to Nosferatu. You know, um, and I you know we were talking about Bava. I love Bava and Hammer films, and get into the 70s and the 80s, and all the way up to today. And I think it's important as fans and both as creative individuals and filmmakers to 
to to watch the stuff of today to support what you like because no matter how hard I try and no matter how good of a movie I make, it'll never be made in 1975. You know, I cannot make a movie from then. It's going to be today. It's going to be part of today. So we have to keep up with today. We have to support today. We have to, if we don't support it, if we just say, fuck it, everything is bad, then all that are going to get made are Twilight movies. Clive Barker talked about this at Horror Hound. I went to the, uh, when they screened Nightbreed Uncut last year. Went there nice. and, and got to. I wanted to see to, that. So. It was it was awesome. It was an event. It's the only time they've ever showed it too. Um, that's ever been seen. Um, but he said he gave a speech beforehand. I actually have this whole um, thing on video. Um, but it was supposed to be part of a documentary, which is why I haven't released it. But um, but he said, you know, there there's there's a war going on right now. I'm going to paraphrase him basically between us and them where studios are trying to make everything like twilight now you know and they don't want our 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 stories they're trying to phase them out so if we as fans or even creative individuals give up on what's coming out today if we don't support the stuff that we like if we don't pay at some point pay to see it whether it's on netflix or at the theater or buy the dvd or buy the blu-ray when it comes out then the things we like aren't going to get made anymore definitely against just blindly supporting everything it's not you know team horror or whatever you know like we got to buy everything that's horror no it's support what you think is good like i i do reviews myself right i i I don't you know i don't get videos in from studios or anything like that because i don't want to have to be obligated to review shit i don't want to watch everything i go to see is something i wanted to watch you know so when i review it i review it from that context you know it's not something i'm watching just because i had to because i'm obligated to review everything um but i'm I'm going to see it because i wanted to and that's what we got to do we got to get back to just supporting shit (laughs) as as fans and it's the same well you know i think you're right about there's some kind of ploy out there with the big studios because um with kevin smith with red state all that controversy and he couldn't get a studio to pick it up or whatever and that film's great no he didn't want the studio oh he didn't want yeah because that was obviously what they're doing you know he he said look i made i raised this money myself he took the script around for years nobody wanted it okay we actually gave Kevin Smith inspirational filmmaker of the of the week award twice this year because awesome. of this, this stuff. But it's because he said, "Okay, look, I raised this money myself." He he basically did the cop out movie for Bruce Willis to get seed money for Red State. Yeah, I never watched that. I totally I totally forgot he even directed that. I seen it that he was right. like going to direct it, and I was like, yeah, "I'm gonna stay away from that." And I, like, I never watched it. Diverted either. it from my mind. But as soon as Red State, because I thought his last film was um. Uh, what is it? Zach, uh, Zach and Mary make a porno, which was great. So yeah, that cop out, I just totally like, yep, that didn't even happen. <laughs> right. I'm the same way, but I respect the fact he did that 
to get the money to make his own movie. Then he goes to Sundance, premieres it, tells everybody, all the studio heads there, well, now I'm not going to let you take this movie. You can't have my movie. Go, you got to watch it. And, oh, you like it? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> he says, I'm not going to let you take it and add $20 million worth of advertising to it to where it's going to turn around and not make that money back. Now I'm going to take it on the road myself and sell out theater after theater with abs- abs- spending absolutely no money on it. He didn't advertise for it at all. Mm-hmm. He just talked about it. You know, there was that trailer network. though that got around that everybody right. Watched, he did it all through social networking. It was stuff he didn't have to pay for at all. He did it on Twitter. You know, Facebook. They released that one trailer. You know, he did contests. The where studio it, made his name. That's what these guys don't understand is their power, especially these guys in the music industry. It's like. You don't have to have them after two albums or after two movies. You they made a name for you. Now go and use it. You know you don't need them now. You don't need them now. Like me, I say fuck it. I don't give a shit about studio. People are always telling me, oh, like you'll never get your movies distributed, and you're just like a band waiting to get signed. I'm like, man, fuck you. I'm trying to make a goddamn movie. I want I'm making my people. own studio kind of. That's what, that's my mentality. Is I've been telling friends. Movie. That's right. That's the way you got to do it. Is build up your own studio yourself. Start getting your own. Pre- your own original material you can start buying you know you get big enough you can start distributing other people's movies for them and build something up and there's ways to do it fuck the studio i feel you i know where you're coming from exactly we don't need them fuck them man night of the living dead was not a studio film you know Mm -hmm. evil dead was not a studio film last house on the left all the great the foundations of the genre that we love those were independent movies made at the grassroots level. And the Fucking... ones that were studio ones, like we taught, we were talking Kubrick earlier, Clockwork Orange, that was made within with studio money outside of their system. Like he made right. that in the UK, like out away from their supervision, you know, and did what exactly. he wanted. So that's if you're unless you're Kubrick or Spielberg or somebody big, you can't do nothing in Hollywood. I mean, that's right. unless you're gonna do unless you're gonna come over here from france and you've already made a bunch of original films and now you're going to make their remakes for them like uh aja there which yeah well but the thing is is that we're in the digital age it's a new age we don't need i don't need a studio to put my movie in every theater across the country for people to see it because i can put it on youtube and everybody in the world can see it you know Mm -hmm. i can host it on my website and ask people to pay a dollar to watch it and everybody in the world can see it now even for a dollar that's no money right yeah well i mean it's but for every person 10 people 100 people a thousand people a million people so the onus is on me. How do I reach those people? They are fucking out there. I just got to reach them. I got to create the product. You don't need a studio. You just have to have the drive. You have to have a good script. You got to have people. Just bring bring the best shit you can bring together. Put the most honest work you can out there, and people will respond to it. That's where the best stuff comes from. Well, That's where the stuff that created this genre came from, whether it was Night of the Living Dead, you know, all those movies we just mentioned, Halloween, this, all those. But this, in this day and age, what do you want to be? I mean, like, as far as a filmmaker, what are you striving for? Like, because a lot of these guys are like, I want to make it big, you know, I want to make money. And it's like, look at I, a guy I, like Van Beber. He's not rich, and he is a fucking underground legend. You know well, what I mean? I mean? I, 
ideally you you want somebody to pay you for your work at some point right but, but what do you what do you want but my is the legend is the legend is, aspect more appetizing because to oh, me no, that the dollar is aspect, i want i want to sell my movie to a million people yeah. that's what i want to do and i don't have to have any studio to do that i can do i can i can move big numbers at, at a, a convention or a festival but, not, you know? but look at you, you you mentioned night of the living dead george romero like he made a name, but he didn't make no money. And see, that's what I'm talking about. Legendary that's, aspect. That's fucked up, though. But that's but that's the it's beauty a, of me. He was being one of the greatest fuck ups and... ever. He probably won't say that, but it but right. his career prospered because of it. So. That's why, as a filmmaker, as an artist, as a creative individual, you have to learn from respect, know the history of your elders, know the mistakes that they made, know that if you put your movie out there without copywriting it, everybody can take it. That's what that's what happened with Night of the Living Dead. Well, yeah, you know, he could have distributed it free and still kept the rights. Like what you what you're saying, you. You could distribute it, but nobody could ever steal it and go and reproduce it without you making any money. Whereas with right. with George, they could sit there and show his movie right in front of him, and he couldn't do nothing about it. I mean, he could go in there and you know make a stink and get in a fight or whatever, but you know he's going to get thrown out and thrown in jail, and there's no there's no legality in the in the matter. So. Or look at guys like Toby Hooper made Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, he didn't get the money he was supposed to get off of that. But he did you know, get to was, buy the rights back, right, later on? Did he? I don't know. Well, I don't somebody, know, but he did, they got he they turned the rights money, back though. over after the the mob there, the one, same ones that made Deep Throat, apparently. They got their money out of it. And, uh, yeah, it's the same guys who did all those pornos and a lot of roughies and same same production company. So Yeah, great. But the, but the thing is, is learn from your elders, learn from their mistakes, copyright your scripts, copyright your material, create a brand, something that you can put out there and sell to people. The Internet has given us the ability to reach everybody. We don't need the studios anymore. That wall has been kicked down. OK, so take advantage of it. Think outside the box reach out there, create a good work, put it out to people and people will respond. Like look at um the guy that did District Nine. You know, that all came about because um Peter Jackson saw his his fan film, his not his fan film, but like his his little film that like he like a made. short film or something. Yeah, it's, it's something in Johannesburg is I forget the title of it. I've, I've got a copy of it somewhere. Or um the other guy that uh Sam Raimi saw his movie on YouTube. You know, and, and gave him a deal. I'm, there are a lot of different aspects, but that's about connecting back to the studio. But fuck that. You can reach people. You can reach people. All you have to do is, is figure out how to sell it to them, and you can move the numbers. And somebody is going to do it. I'd like for it to be me. I'd like to be the first example of the guy that says, yeah, fuck the studios. I sold my movie to a million people, and hey, I've got all the money. What do you? So what's up? Yeah. Hi. My name is Stephen King. I've written several motion pictures, but I want to tell you about a movie called Maximum Overdrive, which is the first one I've directed. Wow. What in the dickens is going on around here? A lot of people have directed Stephen King novels and stories, and I finally decided if you want something done right, you ought to do it yourself. Who was driving it? I don't know. Curtis! It's coming after us! It was my first picture as a director. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. What is going on? I don't know! 
I just wanted someone to do Stephen King right. You want a war? You got one. <laughs> I just want to get the hell out of here. So come and spend some time with me and my friends at the Dixie Boy. Spend some time in the dark. Please don't let okay. me in the dark. I'm gonna scare the hell out of you. And that's a promise. You're gonna get us in an awful lot of trouble, man. We already in trouble. Maximum terror. Jesus coming and he is. Maximum king. Maybe tomorrow will be our world again. Dino De Laurentiis presents Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. Everybody knows when 42nd Street Pete is in the house, anything goes at the grindhouse. Turn John, doesn't it, you little maggot? Yeah. Every Saturday night. Mm. 9 p.m. Central, mm. 10 p.m. EST. If you want to be a party animal, you have to learn to live in the jungle. This is my grindhouse, 42nd Street Pete. Carpenter's considered A-list yeah, as a director. Yeah, see? Fuck him. Romero's back in the B.C. Yeah, <laughs> always. Yeah. It's where you, well, you gotta be. People bitch about, you know, the survival and diary, and those are really, uh, they're B-movies, aren't they? Fuck, people bitch. Fucking get mashed up like potatoes if they want to bitch to me about it. Fuck. Cut a guy over that. Just to make a point here, I'll cut someone. Cut those kids? I never hear them anymore. I did cut them. Did you? Arsehole to breakfast, yeah. Those kid, I don't there. hear those kids screaming anymore. I told you, fuck. I don't hear anybody getting raped or getting crazy out in the parking lot anymore. What did you lay down the law? Shit got real once I moved in. (laughs) 
Fuck the they J-Dog's on the case. And fuck. Split a few heads and fucking made my presence known. Rocked you, my... You know, they seen you with the Kraft Shank Penitentiary uniform on. I was just going to say, I rocked the uniform around the building a few times. Put the fucking fear of God into motherfuckers. They and... thought a security guard moved into the building. Like, you were, like, worked at the building. No, yeah, no. Fu- so they do on my off time. <laughs> It's funny, the other day I was threatening to tow vehicles away and shit because they were in the parking lane. I'm, like, freaking out at these two chicks. I'm like, whose vehicles are these? They're like, I don't know. I'm like, well, fuck. If you know who they are, tell them I'm getting them towed because I'm pissed off. You had your uniform on? Yeah, I had just come home from work because I'm like, they're in my fucking way, I said. <laughs> yeah, I was You're swearing. abusing your authority. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I've done it a few times on my way home from work. So, are you going to be like, are, are, so, are you going to get like a fucking, uh, like, a little, you know, detective, flasher ball, police ball, you know, pull chicks over and say, ma'am, you were speeding, the only way you're going to get out of this ticket is a blowjob. <laughs> yeah, man, I got the official Bono fucking Bianco, Bianchi fucking Hillside Strangler model. Just like, <laughs> same kind they had. You can get they had cop day. mustaches, too. Oh, yeah, fuck, they played the role, man. I mean, yeah, all cops, like, it was kind of like, you didn't even have to show your badge back in the 70s. They just seen the mustache. People were so shook. Style. People were so shook by the police. They, you know, they were, I'm a police officer. Um, okay. I think back then, too, if you couldn't grow a real mustache, you couldn't be a cop. Like yeah, I think that was a rule. I, I do remember that, yeah. You were stuck behind the desk until you could actually rock a real stash, yeah. Well, Serpico, he brought the beard to the to the game. Well, Serpico fucking was rocking a stash in grade four. <laughs> so was Charlie Bronson. Yeah, Charlie Bronson never had a must of a much the much of a mustache. It's it just... was all right. I like it though. It's a oh, yeah. it's it's a clean. It's a it's like a Mexican mustache. I was gonna say it's something like you could grow. Yeah, exactly. Little fucking twelve hair Latino stash. I'm trying to get it into the Fu Manchu, man. Getting the goatee. Well, I can't really complete a goatee. The hair doesn't like connect. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty patchy. I try to grow a beard. It looks terrible. I believe it. Not like me. I rock fucking Grizzly Adams looking shit. I know the fucking boss hog uh, outlaw fucking uh, sideburns, man. It's, it's crazy. I miss those chops. Oh, but would it only take you like a couple weeks to get them good? Yeah, inmates, uh, inmates at work thought I was a biker. And... Did you get a lot more respect, though, rocking mm-hmm. those? Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers are shook. You come down and shake down one of their fucking cells and... They didn't know if you were a prisoner or a guard. <laughs> well, everyone told me that, yeah, like, once I shaved them, I just looked all baby-faced and, like, pussy. So at least when I, when I had them and they were all mean, fucking, I just had a presence. I just had to look at a motherfucker and maybe would be like, oh, this guy's got the courage to rock chops like that. I don't want to fuck with him. They were pretty intimidating. I will, I will give you that. You need a cowboy hat to rock with them, though. Cowboy hat. Or a top hat. You know, that would look awesome if you had a big old stove top hat. I'm thinking about getting one. Something like that would be cool. I was watching Gangs in New York, and everybody was, you know, it's that period, and I'm like, that that period needs to come back. 
those hats fucking rock. You were getting your Leo fix, is what you were doing. I've been with the A. Well, it's the Scorsese Leo fix. Leo, Leo. It's a good combination. I see why Scorsese always wants to work with them because you know it's. It's like it's his muse, you know. He it's he knows it's what Scorsese. Like it's Michael Jackson to his kids, kind of thing is what it is. Eh, yeah, I guess. Fucking Leo's fucking face down in the fucking toilet bowl with a gag ball in his mouth when he's at Scorsese's house. <laughs> it might be a possibility, but I'm sure there's a fucking DiCaprio wing at the Scorsese house. <laughs> <laughs> Probably fuck. It's his fucking love, boy. But but come on now, you like you like DiCaprio, don't you? I mean, you think he's a good actor? Basketball Diaries. Yeah. I know you're all about. Uh... I like Basketball Diaries, but he was a pussy. Well, whatever. He had, he to- totally had the baby. What is he? Fresh off of critters. The <laughs> <laughs> baby Part face. Th- That's a couple years after. Part but... three. Yeah. Plus, plus, there's a great huffing scene in that movie. Huffing? Yeah, where they're huffing the ether. Remember? Oh, ether! Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Running around town, huffing the ether. Yeah, it's got Juliet Lewis selling her ass in it too. And... Bitch is always ugly. Yeah, she has a she has a, a, a ugly look to her. Acquired taste. I suppose if you. If you, like ugly, if you like ugly chicks. I'd hit it, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say she's hot or anything. I'd hit it too. Fuck. Come on, man. Like, fuck. When she's I'm around, got, fat chicks likes, better even hide. She's got that attitude and that personality that you like. The Linnea Quigley, like, party down. She just wants to hang out and be cool. And she'll she'll try to drink you under the table. He's down. All around. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, because uh, I know you're such a big Linnea Quigley fan, you want to do uh, one of these days her workout video in VHS Volt? Hook me up with it. You don't have it? Yeah. Why didn't you say that a while ago? I could have given it to you like fucking a while back. Holy shit. Fucking tight ass. I thought you had the VHS. I just assumed you had the VHS. I didn't even bother asking you. Nate? I got Nathan. around you know i used to magazines and shit i do the magazines and the comics yeah from the comic shop everything else is online but i've been i haven't bought much lately i've been trying to hold on to my bread why don't you just do subscription online to the comic books too 
because yeah, I move lots and this is uh, easy. Yeah. Oh, it's called The Unseen, but I think it's got another title, too. Oh, yeah, I got a copy of that. You got somewhere. that one? Well, you know that's his movie, don't you? It's yeah. under a different name, Peter Folig. Yeah, I think fucking Pepperoni Man sent me a copy of that, like, way back in the day, like, fucking... Before we were even like bros and shit. Well, you've got high rise now, so we could do like a we could do a Danny Steinman uh, retrospect. Coffee strong. That's the only it's, way you can have it. It's coffee's hot, motherfucker. I like I love like fucking the blackest coffee I can make. Like I don't want to yeah, drink man. like a whole pot. I want to drink one glass. You know. That's what cup. I got. Black coffee. It's fucking straight Toby. This stuff. <clears throat> yeah, when you take a drink and you're like, damn. Yeah. That's how I drink my shit. Real men drink it black. I make my tea like that, too. I drink this fucking Earl Grey. I don't know if you're into the teas, but... Uh, yeah, sometimes. I get this Earl Grey, man. I double the packs on that, and then I got this lemon shit I throw in there, and that shit, I put a little bit of honey in there, and I'm like, whoa. Well, just yeah. for the voice, you know, for the vocal cords. What I like to do, I like to fucking get some rank old fucking, like, the cigarette butts for my ashtray and fucking soak them through a filter and hot water. Make tea out of that. It's fucking You're joking, jail, right? <laughs> jail jailhouse tea, that has a real kick to it, man. Is that how is that flip, how, flip you for real? Is that what the Kraftshank Penitentiary uh prisoners have been doing since you guys took the cigarettes away? It's been done before, yeah. Guys like cleaning up in the parking lot, find like a cache of cigarette butts and just make tea out of it. Yeah, they made they did that with Nicorette gum the one time. So is Nicorette gum allowed in in there? I don't see why that wouldn't be allowed. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh. You can buy it on Canteen for like fucking thirty five bucks or something. That's the shit, though, man. Because that's all you need. It's it's over. more heavy duty. You could just break a little piece of the gum off, man. Because like I've I've chewed it or those um, we got those snuff or whatever they uh camel puts them out and they're like little tea bag packets camel toe have yeah. you seen those it's basically chew for chicks like so the chew don't get all over their mouth it's in like a bag Bitches. yeah i seen them before they were skull skull had them too back mm-hmm. in the day they were bandits they were called skull yeah. bandits camel camels got them out and they're all in different flavors and i tried one a couple of years ago and dude it fucking made me dizzy because i don't chew you do though don't you no, oh, fuck, I don't chew. Oh, I thought you chewed. You think just because I'm a hillbilly, I chew? I don't know. <laughs> just because I live down yonder, you think I'd be chewing and drinking shine or what? I don't know. I thought you chewed on occasions. You're a hunter and shit. I know hunters, when you go out fishing and shit, people like to chew. I don't know. Fuck, I take my Weird. pack of smokes with me. That's what I do, too. But Some people, when they're like out in nature, they're like, I'm going to chew. And I'm like, oh, okay. Do it once. This is a film about people living out their fantasies. Two at once will take you along for the ride of your life. Two 
two at once takes place in the most exotic locations. Two at once is hardcore action at its sexiest, with an alluring cast of beautiful women and handsome men. Hey fuckers, this is T-Shirt Joe of FastCustomShirts.com, and you're listening to Exploited Cinema. Hey guys, welcome back to Exploited Cinema. I'm rocking with Strebo from Mutantville.com. Uh, didn't know we were going to do an outro, but, uh, you know, Strebo had something to promote, so I said, ah, what the fuck, might as well. So, Welcome aboard, man. Woo! Thanks for having me back bat it's good to talk to you again as always j dog you are missed again as always it's strange that here we are recording this like a month after uh, or maybe six weeks after the last segment and uh still no j dog what's up with that i don't know i told him about it. i don't know i think he's watching a fucking hockey game uh i don't know you need to write him a message this is what you put in the message what the fuck canuck uh, <laughs> That's what, I, well, you know, that's what I'd message him with. But. Hockey's his thing. I can't blame him. If it was a UFC, I'd probably be watching the UFC right now. So yeah. Right, right. So you've got a little bit uh, something to promote, uh, a film festival you've got coming up in your area. Tell us a little bit of uh, about that. 
All right, thank you. It is the Mad Monster Party Film Fest, the first annual. Um, somehow, I wound up being the the programmer for the Film Fest, so I'm currently soliciting submissions from all the indie filmmakers in the country. Heck, I'm even I've, I've got a message a uh, a guy I know in the UK. Make sure he sends me something. I mean, I, I just want people to send cool movies. You know, I've been to see every film festival on the coast. I go to uh, the retro phantasma screenings every, you know, every two weeks, pretty much in uh, Durham at the Carolina theater. Like tonight they're playing the Wolfman and Dracula, which I almost went to see, but um, I've gone to see all the film festivals. You know, I love going to watch them. I love programming them. You know, we have little, we have little movie nights when we do our MVP stuff or we'll host screenings of, of people's uh, movies in the areas. And we'll do a little bit of programming, you know, throw some, throw some previews up of actual indie movies coming up and at that um, theater. No, at our house. Oh, you know, okay. Uh, right. Yeah. Have you ever seen the videos where I don't want to get sidetracked, but the videos where we shoot in the little home theater, it's uh, at uh Brentos. We always call it the Mutantville mothership. But anyway, if you've seen the YouTube videos, you know what I'm talking about, but I've seen a few of your vlogs. I haven't seen those, but I'll have to check them out. But to make a long story short though, um, I wound up getting in touch with these uh, the promoters of the Mad Monster Party who are coming to Charlotte. I mean, I first caught wind of this about six months ago, and uh, I was just like blown away with by it. I was like, "What? This is coming to Charlotte? Because this is this is so this is huge. It's monumental. I mean, they already had huge names attached to it, like Angus Scrim and um, Bill Mosley, Tony Todd, Michael Berryman. You know, all these people early on. Then they kept adding people. Brad Dorif, Rutger Hauer, Chris Sarandon. They just added Ace Fraley, Roddy Piper. You know, it's, so it's like a mini convention too, as well. Then no, it's a huge convention. Oh, it's okay. Huge, it's like anything you think of. You know, FangoCon. You know, Horror Hound. Uh, you know, Fright Night Film Fest. I mean, this is a big. These guys are are you know national level players, and they're looking to make Charlotte a yearly convention and they also want to do a yearly film festival i got in touch with them about you know hey are you guys going to run a film festival and if you are you know we'll help you promote in the area and uh you know one thing led to another and we got to talking and we all we're all interested in 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 promoting not only horror but you know independent filmmakers you know the promoters um have worked on independent films of their own in the past so they know what it's like sympathetic to the to the plight of the indie filmmaker you know and uh Bada bing, bada boom, you know, next thing you know, we've got the first annual Mad Monster Party Film Fest, and I'm the programmer, MVP is in charge, send us all your movies, we want to show them, I want the best, so show me what you got, (laughs) what more do you need to know? That's awesome, man. So, um, what, so... You got your website, uh, mutantville.com. There's a, a form on there for the filmmakers to fill out, I take it, to submit, right? Yes. All you have to do, go to mutantville.com. Um, there's a, a sticky post right at the top of the website. Um, it says, mutantville.com joins the party for the first annual Mad Monster Party Film Festival. And there's a lovely picture of Mutitia there holding a little Mad Monster Party logo. Just uh, click on that. You can go to the rules, download the submission form, um, send two copies of your movie on DVD. If it's good, we're going to program it through the weekend. I mean, dude, dude, seriously, they just added Linda Blair 
Oh, shit. <laughs> the horror nerds are getting that. their heart on there. So what she's going to be wearing that, give us, that give Savage us Streets the outfit? The Is dates. The weekend sorry. or? March 23rd, 24th, 25th. 2012. I think it's uh, same weekend as another very big con. But if you're not up that way, you know, if you're in Charlotte or Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, um, you know, come to Mad Monster Party instead. But you know, as as it pertains to the to the Mad Monster Party Film Fest, you know, I mean, you don't have to come. Just send your movies. I mean, I'm looking for the best stuff. I've, I've already talked to guys like Scott Goldberg. Um, he sent me Mr. Mullen and um, ah, what's the second one he did? Uh, Loss of Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Ray just sent me a ton of his short films, and he's sending me his uh, second full-length feature, Nail Biters. So, are you going to show that? Or well, I can't announce anything for a month. But, <laughs> I can't I mean... <laughs> give anything out. <laughs> Why? Well, it's not, so it's not just a short film competition. Then it's it's uh, features right. too. Yeah, it's going to be a mix, and I'm okay. going to program it, you know, from, from day to night. Um, we're going to run movies not, you know, 24 hours a day because we're going to break, you know, from 3 to, you know, 10 or whatever in the middle of the night. But um, but there's going to be a constant, constant programming going on, you know, talking about the convention itself. I mean, all the guests that are going to be there. Personally, I want to talk to Mary Warrenoff, you know. Um, I think she's awesome. Death Race 2000, you know, Rock and Roll mm-hmm. High School. I mean, um, Hollywood Boulevard. I mean, all the millions of things she's been in. Terrorism. Yeah. It's yeah, right <laughs> such a shitty one. So I guess uh, get into a little bit more about, like, the guests and stuff that are going to be there. Okay, well, this is how I first knew these guys were legit, even though this was their first time out, because right off the bat, they, they just had a great lineup. Now, they've added to it quite a bit, but... You're talking Ace Fraley, who, <laughs> funny enough, they're not allowed to mention he's from Kiss. Like apparently, it can't show him in makeup or anything like that. So I thought that was kind of funny. But Ace Fraley, Rutger Howard, Brad Dorf, Roddy Piper, who I badly want to interview, dude, Piper. Oh my God, Joe Turkle from The Shining, James Hong, of course, you know, Blade Runner, yeah, Big Trouble, Little China, uh, who's actually look, make, built, making projects here in Charlotte now, by the way, but. Mm-hmm. Angus Scrim, Alex Vincent, Chris Sarandon, Stephen Jeffries. That's one of J-Dog's faves. <laughs> we'll, we'll get him to auth- autograph that coffee of Butthole Bandits for you, J-Dog. Patty <laughs> Mullen, <laughs> Rico Browning, Nivek Ogre, Bill Mosley, David Prowse, Clockwork Orange. I'm actually I'm going to try to get them to do a Stanley Kubrick panel and get the guys that work with Kubrick on a panel. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you say Ogre was going to be there? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Nivek Ogre. I, he's actually from. Uh, oh, not Ogre from Vig- no. Revenge of the. Oh, never mind. No, though, that guy was at Fright Night Film Fest last year, though. Really? Uh, Meet him? Yeah, yeah. The whole. The whole Revenge of the Nerds cast was there. Um, let me. That's, there's a little story behind that. I'll, I'll come back to it. Okay. But, uh, David Prowse, Philip Morris, Ormond Grinsby. Who's North Carolina's? Um, he's our horror host. Our second one, actually, the first one was uh, Philip Morris, who runs Morris Costumes out of Charlotte, who f- is the publisher of which two books on special effects? 
Are you asking me? I'm asking you. I have no idea. <laughs> just did an episode on special effects artists, one of which was Tom Savini, who he, did two books. He produced those books? Yes. Oh. Philip Morris uh, from Morris Costumes. They're, they're the actual publishers. Well, the funny books. thing is, is those are the only two effects books that I even really am familiar with, like, wholeheartedly. So... <laughs> Yeah, as a horror guy, those are like your Bible, you know, because I mean, mm-hmm. he shows all of his major stuff in that. Uh, D. Wallace, Craig Sheffer, and Annie Bobby, both from Nightbreed. This is their first convention. Um, Michael Berryman, William Cat, Richard Maul, Connor McCullough, the guy that won Face Off on Sci-Fi last year. He also worked on, or he's going to work on Ghost Trek. Derek Mears, who was the last Jason. PJ Souls, Mary Warrenoff, Tony Todd, Sarah Douglas from... Uh, Superman 2. Marky Ramone is only going to be there Saturday, though. Kevin He's the Helms, only r- surviving Ramone. Do you know who Ron Isn't Gun- he? You know, I'm not, a, I'm not a Ramone's historian, but yeah, I think so. Ron McGovney, who was the original bassist for Metallica, I thought that was an interesting <laughs> addition. <laughs> they got a few interesting musical guests. Of course, Linda Blair, your favorite. I've heard some stories about the guy there uh, from Metallica, like how like he had problems with Dave Mustaine, and that's like why he basically quit, quit the band. Yeah, I don't know the story behind that. I actually looked him up when I first he spilled he like spilled beer or something on like the PA system or something like Dave Mustaine did or some sh- some jackass shit like Dave Mustaine was all fucked up and just being a douchebag. And he just was like, fuck you guys, get out of my basement or whatever, because they jammed, like, in his garage, his basement. Like, they, he recorded a lot of the uh, early mixtapes and stuff. But anyway, <laughs> the last of the yeah. uh, 90 Day, George Santa, he was, like, the sheriff guy. Shoot him or bash him. Burn him or beat him, whatever it is he says. The, John yeah, Russo, burn him or beat him. They go writer of Nightly Day, I've heard a lot of interesting stories about And I'm curious to interview him. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> And the last zombie is a little little girl zombie from Addie Miller. Addie Miller from uh, The Walking Dead. Addie Miller is really cool. We've actually got to work with her and get to know her and her family um, from the set of Ghost Trek, uh, which was shot here in Charlotte. Um, and uh, and she's just really cool. Her mom's just going to let her do like the convention thing for like a year or so and then make her quit and just focus on her schooling and stuff. But they're really, really sweet family. She's a really cool little girl. She has this collection of, of little girl zombie stuff, memorabilia that people send her. She's got like mega fans already from The Walking Dead. I mean, out of all the all the zombies that have been on the show, like she's the one that's really popped out as being the most iconic where whenever you see some kind of reference to the Walking Dead TV show, she'll always be there. I mean, she just got turned into like an Occupy Wall Street meme. I don't know if you've seen that picture, but that was interesting. No, I didn't. Very, very interesting. So, anyway, so that's the guest list. It's a pretty cool guest list. You know, uh, I think it'd be cool to talk to Fraley. You know, Rutger Hauer, I'm sure, has a lot of cool cool stories. Roddy Piper, I'm really curious to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have uh, the actor. Actual prop vehicles from Christine, the truck from Duel, and the Green Goblin diesel truck from um, Maximum Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive. Fucking yeah, love that movie, dude. I, there's a <laughs> bunch of haters out there. Fuck them, though. Um, That's a Maximum... fun movie. That's a fun movie. Yeah. It's goofy, but it's fun. You know, I, I really dig it. 
it, you know what? I, it la- it survives the uh, test when you get older. Like it's a it's a movie I loved when I was a kid, and I'm like, all right. When I seen it when I was older, and I'm like, all right, let's see. And sure enough, it was still same. It was like, you know, I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. You know, <laughs> I love it. It's. <laughs> It was definitely a, a, a big talking point of my childhood because there's so many things in it to talk about. You know, the drink, the drink machines shooting mm-hmm. the cans out at the kids. You know, the Green Goblin truck, the machine gun working on its own, and the, uh, the, kid the cutting getting, knife. Kid getting killed by the fucking rolling pin. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's fight. so many things. It's just crazy, crazy movie. That that was. Uh, those must have been Stephen King's cocaine years. I mean, out of all the <laughs> movies he wanted to direct, he went with that one. But You know, the photographer got uh, badly injured on that production. Did you did you hear that story and what happened? No, who was it? I can't remember, but he was pretty famous and everything. And uh, what happened was they had the camera up on blocks, and it was during the lawnmower scene. They were running that lawnmower on a, a remote control, and it, and it got crossed on another frequency somehow. Probably maybe a kid playing with a remote control. Wow. And it went haywire and caught one of those wood blocks and threw little shards and hit him in the eye and blinded him, actually, in one eye. And he's a fucking cinematographer, so... You know what I mean? Like, he needs his eye, so he sued the shit out of uh, King. Yeah, he was doing a lot of coke, though. That's what I've heard, like, that whole film, so... He wasn't paying attention to, like, what was going on, obviously, or his crew and cast safety. Wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Maybe that's why he hasn't directed again since, I guess. That, that is why, but he's, um, he's thinking about coming back, and I think he should, because I, I really... You know, bad shit happens. The guy didn't die. I mean, he's dead now, the cinematographer, but not from that. You know what I mean? Right. Died of old age or whatever, but... The guy didn't die. Nobody died, you know, and it's a good film. So I think he should go back and do another one. But I, I see where he's coming from. Um, uh, was it Melvin Van Peebles had a problem where there was a, you know, a gun put into the prop guns and he has like he had a reoccurring nightmare that the gun got used on the set and stuff. So I actually did a thing. Man, I, I was shooting some stuff with a buddy, just some test stuff, and we were using, like, a real blade. I don't know. We were, like, 16. We weren't thinking about it, and I thought I cut the guy's throat. Oh, my God. That gave That's me, like, crazy. nightmares for months and months. So, like, ever since then, we never, ever use real blades and shit. But, you know, you're 15, 16. You're making movies. You don't give a fuck, you know? Like, you're just, like, whatever. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I totally feel you. And at, a, in, at the indie level, too, you got to try to be as careful as possible. I always get nervous around stunts. Luckily, we've never had anybody get hurt on one of our sets. Um, you know, we've had little slips or bumps or whatever here mm. or there, but no, nothing, you know, nothing major or serious or anything. So, yeah, that's definitely. That's I've a had a close thought. call. We're talking about indie film. Uh, a gal that was working on uh, that last film I was working on, she, it wasn't during filming, but she already had some heart problems. And uh, this I didn't really know until like we got rolling, like how like severe they were, and like just because of the production and like there's a lot of running and not a lot, but like there were some exhausting scenes and we were shooting like at the end of winter, so we were and there's like a, a lot of ex exteriors and stuff and it was cold and. 
She uh she like had problems like um I don't know if it was it wasn't a heart attack but it was like fucking something she had to go to the hospital that's for sure though. So. Did she fall out on the set or was it? No, this was like uh this was like later on in the evening and stuff when we were back at the house chilling and uh yeah like she was having pains in her chest really bad and like we had to call the ambulance and stuff so like. It was during shoot. I mean, it was during you know making the film though. So like, it might have very well been caused by making the movie. You know what I mean? Just the stress involved. So uh, yeah, it's very stressful. You know, funnily enough, I've actually got a story of a something similar that happened when I was working with Michael Sharp, and we all know Michael Sharp from the Dead Pit forums, and uh, he used to run the Dead Pit MySpace. Page back in the day, back when MySpace was still around. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> but I'm just laughing because how fast the internet moves, and you know how one time everybody, you know, like Lemmings, we're all on MySpace, and then now we're over on Facebook, and next we'll be over here. But anyway, uh, I was working with Michael Sharp on his first movie, Monomaniacal, which you've seen Monomaniacal, right? Yes, I have, uh, as well as Dublin. Uh, but J Dog, I've been trying to get him to. He's got it, but like we we wanting to uh, review it. I think we're gonna just do a whole big indie show and maybe review some of your stuff on there too. So, oh, that would be cool. Cool. That yeah. would be really cool. Um, but anyway, story. Uh, I was I shot behind the scenes and did photography on on Monomaniacal on on set photography, and uh, there's a sequence where. Man, this is actually spoilery. If people haven't seen it, I don't know what. Well, spoilers, guys. Skip ahead a couple minutes if you need to. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know where she first wakes up in the basement and she's trying to escape. They're shooting that sequence, and you have all the girls behind her. Well, she's she's struggling to get away, and she she breaks loose of her bonds, right, and gets up, and the girl behind one of the girls tied up behind her slumps out of her chair and falls on the concrete floor like smack like a like a piece of meat like mm-hmm. and I, i'm watching this go off you know during the take and then they call cut and i'm like that was an awesome fucking fall i was like wow that's the take you want to use you know i'm sitting there telling myself and they call cut and everybody's gets up whatever she doesn't move <laughs> she, she hurt herself huh <laughs> She just she fainted. She had like a like a mini epileptic fit or some kind of you know, just a, a momentary faint where she just fainted out of her chair where where she had been tied up in the seat for so long that she just passed out and the, and it happened on camera. It was really freaky. So they had to send her to the hospital. It obviously, it stopped production for like almost two or three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so they sent her to the hospital by ambulance. But then they took one of the makeup girls. And this was actually the makeup girl's suggestions. Um, they said, look, well, why don't we do do her up like the other girl, and she'll just sit in in her place. So they so they took a redheaded girl, did her hair black to match the other girl, put her in, her, in the girl's wardrobe, tied her up, put her in the chair, and <laughs> filming resumed, and, and nobody was none the wiser. So. Shot her from behind and everything. No, no. I mean, no. they just had to, had to just keep shooting but she was one of the corpses in the background so she oh, was like okay. focal point anyway you yeah. know but but fortunately the girl wound up being fine i mean it was just like a temporary you know i don't know from sitting in the seat you know just her blood flow getting cut off or whatever and um she was fine but, you know somebody got stuck with the hospital and visited bill but aside from that nobody was injured but 
Yeah, safety first on the set. You always hear these horror stories like Debbie Rashawn breaking a glass in her hand, you know, like on a trauma film or something. Mm -hmm. Having to get it all stitched up and always hear those horror stories. Safety first, kids. Exactly, I agree. Um, but uh, about the the indie film fest, just to refocus it back, I didn't really come on. I pre- I appreciate you asking and, and putting the offer out there to promote the show because, you know, this is our first time doing something like this. And like I was saying earlier, I'm a big fan of film festivals. You know, I go to these retro phantasma shows. Which, by the way, dude, did you know what I went to see last week? Oh, you did because I messaged you. I was, mm-hmm. like, I was like a total yeah horror geek. Bag, like <laughs> going to see the shining in 35 millimeter <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty awesome yeah that was a killer show and it was a great double feature because they showed the lost boys next but i actually left before the lost boys i was just too tired but yeah, yeah. but my yeah, brain was, was fried I, after Kubrick. i was like whoa <laughs> i did have some fanboy jealousy i was like damn it i wish i lived down there just to you know see some Kubrick 35 yeah definitely well, dude, that's the thing. If if I can find this in North Carolina, there has to be something near everybody. I mean, it's like if North Carolina has it, I mean. Yeah, I'd every- have to drive to Detroit, though, which is like a four-and-a-half-hour trip for me because I live way up north. So. Yeah, that's that's hard to do more than like once or twice a year. But, yeah, I feel you there. Well, if, um, you know, I've said that uh, if Gone with the Pope comes back, to Detroit again, I will make the trek for that because, like, they've said they're not going to release it on DVD or whatever. So, Gone with the Pope. I've never, never heard of that one. That's an interesting title. Have you seen? Uh, that's one of the what is it? Grindhouse releasing. Uh, you've seen uh, Massacre Mafia style, correct? No, I've heard. Dude, check it, it out. Talk about Duke it Mitchell. Too, yeah. yeah, it's the shit. Yeah. Basically, from what I understand, Gone with the Pope is, uh, was an unfinished film by Duke Mitchell sitting in his garage, uh, Grindhouse releasing, or somebody got a hold of the materials and uh, finished it, put it together in um, you know Grindhouse-style fashion, I guess, of how Duke would have potentially edited the film judging by the materials and what the you know Massacre Mafia style, so... Um, a lot of people say it's better than Massacre Mafia, so I don't know how the hell that's possible. And Duke Mitchell was dead, and he never even got to finish the thing. So, but uh, I'd love to see it. So. Well, right on. I mean, it sounds like one. Sounds like one worth seeing. No doubt. Yeah, indie films are fun, man. That's that's one reason I'm, I'm really happy to do this film festival, is because. People, man, nothing pisses me off more than people complaining about horror all the time. I mean, even if you don't want to see the stuff that's playing in theater, like Underworld Awakening, I fucking hate that series. People rarely hear me talk about stuff I hate because I just don't fixate on it. But, mm. dude, I hate that whole series. And, like, my co, <laughs> one of the co-owners of MVP, Brento, he loves them. Those are, like, some of his favorite movies. I hate those, Resident Evil, all that kind of stuff. But... <laughs> There's always something cool going on that you can see instead or watch instead. Well, you know? I don't mind the Resident Evil because, you know. Yeah. I hate those fucking it's, movies, man. It's better than a they're remake. They're so fake. They're bullshit. They're yeah. like, they're pretending to be yeah. movies. They're not, they're not even really based on the video games. I mean, it's re- they're just retarded. Yeah. And they got that, that chick running down fucking walls. I'm like, 
this is lame. That stuff works in the Matrix because there were different <laughs> laws at play in the movie itself. You can't just have people act like that whenever you want. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It's retarded. I just think it's like an ongoing comic book to me, and uh, I don't mind it as much. Um, yeah, I paid to see the last. Oh, actually, I didn't pay to see the last one in theater. I think we got free tickets or something like that. But uh, yeah, it was terrible. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Something about that franchise that just keeps me coming back. I guess it's the Old same reason why. Shit. It's the same reason why people are still watching Walking Dead. So I just pissed a bunch of people off with that. Sorry, Dale. Walking Dead's not gold played dog shit. There's some. There's 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 some good stuff at, at play in that, but uh. But yeah, I always have to be careful with you because we can always launch into like a a, a one hour discussion on something. So <laughs> that had nothing the, to do with what we were talking about before. Or, so. You're right, right. I just have to let the Walking Dead one go sailing over for right now. Because <laughs> I want to talk about indie horror because that's what that's what I was leading up to was that was that even if you hate the mainstream stuff, there's always something cool at the indie level. You know, like right now you can go. Uh, Mutantville.com, we're going to put for Scary Movie Saturday, we're going to put Michael Sharp's Deviling up. I know he's submitting Deviling for the film festival. I mean, there's a good chance he's going to try that he's going to make it in. You know, he's got Deviling screening at uh, the Nevermore Film Festival this month. I mean, there's there's all this really cool indie stuff, and those are that's just shorts, you know, and then there's full-length features that people don't even know about, you know, and I just want to increase that awareness and let people know that if they if they come to this festival and they sit down you know, they paid their ticket to be a part of the show. The festival is a part of the show. You know, they're going to get their money's worth. They're going to see something cool. They're going to be entertained. They're going to have their mind expanded. You know, whatever. I want to represent, you know, all the all the facets of low and high culture. I'm going to have some that, that might be a little bit different that I might not like that might be a little more over top because there is a committee of us choosing all the films. Um, but, you know, but I want it to be a mix of of all the genres, a mix of tones, a mix of approaches. So it's not just, you know, the same kind of feel all through it. And in doing that, you know, um, I'm trying to get movies from everybody. Like I said, you know, Scott Goldberg, Patrick Ray, you know, Michael Sharp, I think here locally, probably Robert Fillion is going to send me something. You know, I'm hoping some of the other people will. And uh, MVP, we're not even in the film festival. Now we are going to have our own little time slot outside of the festival, but, um, but we're not in it though. Just to show your films is like yeah yeah just yeah. to show our film, but but like I was saying the promoters have worked in films in the past. Um, like the one guy did Sick Girl, which is probably something you know the exploitation um, exploited cinema fans would be aware of. Sick Girl from like 2007. Um, yeah, I think Joe I've Mo- seen it actually. Joe Mo was one of the writers for Red Velvet, which I haven't seen, but I've wanted to see. Um, but so so they're. They're, they're sympathetic of the filmmaker's plight. That's why there's no entry fee. The rules are pretty minimal. Really, one of the only main rules is no fan films, and if it's distributed, we might not show it. You know, We're going to just determine that. We really want to show non, non-distributed work at this point. But. And then what's uh, being counted uh, 60 minutes or more is a feature, and then less yes. than that's a short then, right? Yes, exactly, okay. yeah. So that's really the only thing that you really it sounds like you really any hardcore rules is just runtime of what you your film will be classified as. So. Yeah, pretty much that and no fan films. I mean, I don't want to see any. I don't want to see your Friday the Thirteenth, Jason versus Hellraiser or whatever, or or Star Wars Lego movies. I don't want to see any of that that 
stuff that's cool if you're a fan, but we're we're looking for filmmakers with ideas and no Friday the Thirteenth ripoff. <laughs> yes, original stories that they're trying to put out. Now ripoffs is one is one thing, okay, but I'm talking about fan films where people will go and shoot their own movie with Jason Voorhees, you know, and they'll call it a Friday the Thirteenth movie. You know, no no fan films. That's <laughs> that's the major major rule. But but at at the screening, um, there's going to be a table outside of the room so that right after your movie screens, you can go to the table outside. If you have stuff to sell or whatever, you can set it up and you talk to the people during the next screening and you just rotate out. So after people see your movie, you'll be you'll have a spot where you can talk to them outside. You don't have to, you know, so so if you're going to be in attendance, I mean, you don't have to have a buy a vendor booth or anything. You will have time to talk to people and um and you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make people um, feel comfortable. I'm gonna introduce everybody that's there, all the filmmakers. I'm gonna take them around and introduce them to everybody. If I can somehow get the, some of the guests involved, I will make um, connections I, for people, right? Yeah, 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 right on. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, totally. So it's gonna be f- cool. It's gonna be you know just a celebration of horror. The convention is gonna be cool. The film festival is gonna be cool. It's gonna be awesome all the way around. And want everybody to send their movies in i know there are some good ones out there and we want to show them to people and share them share them with the world buy the world a coke yeah that's why i uh, felt urged to get you on most of all not well not only that because it seems like this is you know something something you're doing and everything and we want to help you out as much as possible but yeah i mean uh well i didn't even know the there was no entry fee or anything like that which is even a, no, more of a bonus but you know, just as like an indie filmmaker, I always used to go, well, what, you know, festivals are out there, what's available, you know, and a lot a lot of filmmakers like to know that, so, you know, I want to get that information out there for these guys, because, you know, I think that's the problem, you know, there's, there's like a lot of great indie filmmakers out there, maybe, but they don't know, you know, who to talk to, or you know, where to send their film or, you know, anything like that. Nobody will see the film. So, you know what I mean? Nobody will ever know that they're talented, you know? Exactly. My my plan and, and my advice to everybody is at least start at home. You know, go to your conventions at home where you are, you know, whatever the big one is, and start at your at the, the home level and then build up from there. And you just you just work your way out to the other conventions, you know, this mad monster party just popped up for us here, but, but Evan and Joe want this convention to be every year. So this could be like the first of 30. I mean, you never know how these things go. This this thing's going to be like a Friday night film fest, correct? Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. Or, or, you know, Fangoria convention in, in, you know, California or New York or whatever, you know, I mean, this is big national level legit. I mean, when you think about the people they're bringing in, you know, Rutger Howard, Brad Dorif, you know, I mean, some big names. Um, I do wish they had like a one big name director on there because, you know, I always love talking to the directors, but you know, I'm going to have my, my hands full with the film festival. But, but what I was saying was as an independent filmmaker, at least conquer your home first. Okay. Your state, make sure everybody knows your name. That's why when I talk about Mutantville, I'll, I'll just go out and say, you know, we're number, we're North Carolina's number one source for horror. And it's like, none of your listeners are going to dispute that, but there might be somebody in North Carolina that might want to dispute it to which I say, well, go ahead. I mean, we're just, <laughs> show me what you got. I mean, let's go. You know, I haven't seen you at Nevermore, but, um, so, so have you gotten a lot of submissions now? I mean, you don't have to say anything, but, uh, 
has there been a lot of submissions? Uh, you've been promo- you've been working on this for two months. You said or. Yes, but it's just now I've been working on it behind the scenes, but it's just now announced two days ago. So, okay. um, so the submissions are just only the only ones I've actually physically received so far are are online submissions, like online screeners. Um, so I've already got got a few. Which you do do like that, okay? Because like I know a lot of festivals don't. Maybe a lot of them are changing over now, but like when I had looked in the past, I'd never seen that before. So well, I made all the rules, so I thought well. <laughs> I said, look, if you have an online screener, send me a screener. But if I accept the movie, you have to send me two DVDs, okay? Or else of course. You yeah, know? you got to so, screen it. You got to have a physical copy to screen it. So. Yeah, but as far as, as you know, saving somebody postage on, on sending me a screener for something that might not get used, I'm down with that. If you have an online screener, then, hey, we'll just, we'll just take a look at that. Um, so, yeah, I've got a few, you know, Scott Goldberg, Patrick Ray, you know, people are already sending in stuff. Um, you know, a lot of people downloading the form or asking for clarification on the rules. A lot of a lot of different things coming in, so it's pretty cool. Um, but what I've seen about Mad Monster Party, this is part of Charlotte and part of – we want to make this part of our yearly event. You know, since this is here in Charlotte, we're just like, hey, we're going to support it. You know, and everybody should do that. You know, if you're in Kentucky, you should support the Friday Night Film Fest. Or if you're in Georgia, you know, support Days of the Dead. You know, just wherever you are, support support what's near you. Go out and 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 get to know your your immediate community, and then you branch out. Like we, we also go to the Friday Night Film Fest. That's going to be our big end of the year con. You know, where we go back to Kentucky, and that's an awesome time out there. You know, we're we're going to hopefully have a few few of our shorts playing out there this year. So you just you just take your show on the road man it's a road show we we voted um last year for 2011 we voted kevin smith filmmaker of the year at mutantville.com i'm proud to say for red state for red state yeah the way he made it and the way he promoted it and i want all you guys to listen now follow kevin's model take mm-hmm. it on a road show even if you're just showing it out of the back of your car, selling $5 a ticket for people to watch it. It's still your, yours. You're not losing money. You're maintaining ownership. You're maintaining control. You're setting the rules. That's the way to do it. You know, and, and we do do it the same way. We're going to be at Mad Monster Party now you know, with our T-shirts from T-Shirt Joe at, at uh, FastCustomShirts.com. Oh, yeah. We're going to have our movies that we're going to be selling on DVD. You know, hopefully by then I'll have at least Tales from Mutantville on DVD. You know, we're doing the final author now. And then when July comes, we're going to be at Friday Night Film Fest. You know, and we just take the show on the road and you do it a little bit at a time. We're not going to try to hit every convention in the country. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. You know, I'm a, I'm a 40-hour-a-week blue-collar you know, worker myself, you know, so – Everything, you know, I have to pay for all the movies to get made, mm-hmm. not not to mention, you know, all the promotion that we do. So you have to balance it out, and, you know, this is our plan. You know, we've got two major conventions, and then we have smaller ones in between, and you just know your limits. And as we start to sell more product and get more recognized, you know, we'll branch out. So just go for it, people. Yeah, I hear that, man. I feel you on that, and... uh yeah, but I mean, uh, even if uh, you know you don't have a uh, festival going on in your area, yeah, just send send your uh, screener out to uh, Strebo and he'll uh, maybe it'll go on screen. Who knows? You know. That's right. We will give it screening at the national level, meaning people are coming from all across the country to enjoy this show. There's going to be ravenous horror fans there, or even sci-fi. It's actually open to 
the three genres, horror, science fiction, and fantasy. Um, so anybody, there's going to be fans of all kinds of genres there. So this is your chance to, to have people see it. You never know who's going to be there in terms of agent, in terms of talent. Uh, I'm trying so to get. So what, what if you receive a roughie, like a modern day roughie? Would you would you accept that submission? <laughs> I will accept anything for submission. Now, whether or not I could play it is a different story. I don't think we could get away with playing pornography. But if I know we've got a couple movies coming that are really rough, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm thinking about giving them later night slots because I think I think there's a time and place for everything, and yeah. I think you know, yeah. it'd be cool to do that. So, like I said, I'm looking for everything. So. Well, just let me uh, say thank you again for inviting me on. I've enjoyed talking to you guys on the show. Uh, it's ironic that this wound up being on the closer for the clip show that, from, uh, that was a spillover from the other episodes. It's funny how that works out, but thanks for letting me get the word out yeah. about the Bad Monster Party Film Fest. And just so everybody knows again, just remind them, go to mutantville.com. You'll see the post right there at the top. Uh, it has all the rules, everything, and uh, just get in touch and let us pimp your movie for you. What's the cutoff date on the submissions? March the second. So you essentially have one month from you know, yesterday, as at the time that we're recording this. So roughly a month. Well, this will go up, I think, on should go up on either Saturday or Sunday. So. Okay, right on. So yeah, yeah. so they'll basically have a month, and I'm yeah. I'll let people if they're actually finishing a movie, if they send me a work print. We'll, we'll we'll take work prints for consideration, but you have to get the final product to us before the actual show. Uh, or it's a no go. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we'll um maybe we'll get you back on just to promote the show, just to get some butts in the uh, in the seats um at the end of the month because um, we're gonna do three shows. We're the clip show is kind of a blow off here, although we did an intro and an outro. Um, but yeah, we're going to be doing two regular shows, so we'll get you back on for another uh, intro or something like that on the last uh, show of the month. Right on. Uh, mucho gracias. Well, appreciate you coming on. Uh, I guess we'll roll on out, and uh, I guess, guys, keep it locked. Uh, we should have um, another show, a J-Dog uh, pick. I don't know exactly what it's going to be exactly uh, so stay tuned for that who knows you know j-dog it could be any crazy madness so mm, the greasy possibilities are endless <laughs> exactly 